This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Thursday. What is up, Dustin? Warlord. Dan758S, who called me a stupid commie. Is it Wednesday? No, I think it's Thursday. It's Thursday. Dustin, throw me off. Why do you say that's my favorite topic? Why do you say that's my favorite topic? And also, also, it's not like it's the... First six or seven stories on the list. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. We've uh, we've got an active shooter situation going on at the Mall of America because what is more American than having an active shooter situation? <laughs> so that's currently ongoing. So technically, that is the story that bumped down the top story, which would have been monkeypox had it not been, you know, just another day in mass shooting USA. I don't know if anyone is dead. It it is like ongoing right now, Warlord. Like uh happens happened within the last hour. So I'm not sure if anybody is dead. Mox, welcome. Good evening. Those among the topics we're gonna be talking about tonight. Uh but we got other shit. We got other shit. DeSantis. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida has suspended a prosecutor who said he would not prosecute people for violations of Florida's abortion laws or laws against uh, transgender transitioning. We've got both DeSantis's response and the prosecutor. His name is... Uh, uh, Alan Warren, I believe. We're going to hear from both of them. Alex Jones. We now know the number that Alex Jones will have to pay to the victims that he terrorized in Sandy Hook. Unfortunately, it is nowhere near the $150 million that was asked for. By the plaintiffs, no, it was $4 million. Alex Jones going to have to pay $4 million, but this is just the first of many trials that Alex Jones is going to be on. The January 6th committee wants his cell phone data. His wife, Alex Jones's wife, would like his cell phone data. Alex Jones's wife. Like his cell phone data. Fuck. You you are seeing a picture of Lady Gaga, who is my screensaver, and not your meme of the day. I installed a new monitor today, and unfortunately I didn't check with OBS to make sure that the right monitor popped up. So you're actually seeing the new monitor. And not and not the monitor, which should 
be this one. This one. This is the primary, or this is the the monitor that was supposed to pop up. Has your meme of the day. Alex Jones being accosted. Okay, my OBS has been defaulting to some stupid-ass shit here lately. Every time I open it up, it's small... And, uh, the, and like, this is some inside baseball shit. All my scenes, like all the different shit that you see like this is like, Come on, a, man, it's in a scene that has a button. that's a trigger down here. So like everything else in OBS will be huge except my, like my little box where I have all the scenes and it defaults to being like this big and you can't see anything in it. And it's so weird. And then don't even get me started with what fucking Photoshop. Warlord, you were going to have, you were going to have your cancel, uh, hashtag cancel Justin stickers and shirts. If it hadn't have been for the fact that Photoshop is being, being a dick to me. Every time they update the program, it gets worse. And I'm not talking like they keep adding features that are awesome to the fucking program. Don't get me wrong. But every time they add more awesome features to it, just the fun today, I couldn't save a file. I couldn't say like I could save it as, you know, a Photoshop file and save the file I was working on, but I couldn't export it as a PNG or as a jpeg or something because photoshop is just being stupid like one of the selling points for the adobe suite of programs for me as a motion graphics artist video editor is the fact that you have libraries and like the libraries are like like if if i cut out something in photo like if i've got uh if i've got today's thumbnail for the live show and I've cut out Ron DeSantis and Victor Orban, Brittany Griner. I've got my cutouts of them and I, I put them in my library so I can come back to them later and just use them as needed. And if I make any changes, say I notice like, oh shit, I left it. There's like a spot over here on the side of Brittany Griner. I need to go erase it. All I have to do is open her up in Photoshop. I erase the one little spot and it updates across all the other programs everywhere I've used that in, in a library. But for some reason, Photoshop does not want to open your library. Like 90% of the time, it does not open my library. So I have to keep closing Photoshop and opening it back up again until it opens my fucking library. Let me let me let me show you what I mean. I'll open it right now. And my library, which should pop up on the on the screen you guys are seeing, my library will not pop up. It will tell me I need to install the Creative Cloud. Watch it make me a liar here too. Watch it make me a liar. The library's panel right here. Watch it watch it make me a liar. My library's not pull up. Every other program, they pull up fun. But Photoshop, there you go. Nope, there, oh, they pulled up. That's the 10% of the time that they actually pull up for me. I had to open that motherfucker at least 10 times today to get those to open. 
Technology, man. Technology. There is the Alex Jones on the left side who is being who is who is being stabbed by himself and his lawyer. Both his lawyer and himself fucked himself over. When observed by others, it straightens up. That's the way technology goes. Twitch weed RB says. I didn't get nap time, Dustin. Oh, you've never seen that template? That's Oh, I love that template. I don't think there's usually two guys there. I think usually the template there is is just the one guy with the knife. And somebody has doubled up the guys. Every other time I've seen this meme. I've got so many other good memes. It was hard picking out one, but I was looking. I'm like, well, this is the most timely one. This is the most timely one. I should go with this one right now. If it is Thursday night, usually I'd be telling you I'd be joined by my lovely co-host tomorrow night for the Friday Night Freak Show, but we're going to take tomorrow night off. We will be back for the one-year anniversary of the Friday Night Freak Show a week from tomorrow. The one-year anniversary, the one-year anniversary of this iteration of the Friday Night Freak Show. I will be back with a special co-host a special co-host that's all i'm gonna say who who knows who it might be even though i think i've already said it once but may, maybe maybe something happens maybe maybe i patch things up with a certain someone because it would it would be horrible for it to be the one year anniversary special and they not be here also hires incompetent counsel. I uh, I've got to I've got to wonder if Alex Jones has not been uh, wise with his money, and that uh, he's pretty hard up. Dustin finally figured out the right kind of cake. Maybe, 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 maybe if I had taken her the right kind of cake, we could have patched things up. We'll see. We'll see. The one-year anniversary special of the Freak Show, a week from Friday. I've already been making plans. Who knows what it's going to turn into. I'll do something special for it. Something special is going to happen. But I'm going to take tomorrow night off because I deserve it. I'm tired. Gore, what is going on? I don't I don't know if Merkin is in here yet. Um but I, I might forget to tell this story. Like if Merkin shows up here in a little while. I was watching a uh Riverboat Jack put a video up on YouTube. Cause I don't get I don't get a chance to check out other streamers like while they're live. Like especially Riverboat Jack. She's usually she's like usually on right now. So I don't I don't really get a chance to hang out, but like what was the talk? Oh, she was discussing uh, Rising and Kim Iverson and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? Let me let me hear some uh, Riverboat Jack. Uh, oh, there's Merkin. Merkin. Ask and you shall receive. 
Uh, Morgan, I was uh, watching a video that Riverboat Jack had posted to uh, YouTube. And just as soon as like she intros the video, right? Somebody in the chat says, we need more Merkin discourse. And I'm looking like I, 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 you know, I watched the video and you never did comment. So I'm not sure if you said something before she started the, you know, that segment of the video. Or if they were literally talking about, you know, a pubic a pubic toupee, is that what you would, is that how you would describe them? Or what's the actual definition of a merkin? <laughs> a pubic wig, a pubic wig. <laughs> so that's what I was wondering. I was like, was merkin in there or was, or were they actually talking about a, a pubic wig? Wait a minute, now is that an image of a Merkin? Oh, Michelle Merkin. Oh, that makes more sense. But I never did see you pop up, but like, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you were in a, a Riverboat Jack channel. <laughs> but like, I found that funny. Like, we need more Merkin discourse. Was Jack talking about pubic wigs before... Before she started talking about Kim Iverson. Was she referring to Kim Iverson as a pubic wig? Maybe. Maybe she said Kim Iverson was about as useful as a wet merkin. Was I fucking... I, I might have a little crush on Riverboat Jack. I get, I get, I get internet crushes easily. I've, I've got, I've got several internet crushes on here. But Riverboat Jack is cute as fuck. Smart as a whip. <laughs> Useful as a wet merkin. <laughs> oh. Rub by peaches. What? 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 Now I'm a. For those of you who don't know who Peaches is, like I'm aware of Peaches. I've probably heard five or six Peaches songs. Uh, but uh, for those of you who don't know, you do know Peaches. You you just don't know the name of the band that sings the sucking on my titties like you wanted. <laughs> that's that's the the the. Group, band, whatever that does that song. I think that song is pretty fucking famous. Especially like it was in Jackass or Jackass 2 or something. They're also a great follow on uh, social media. They they post funny shit on social media, at least on Facebook. I don't know if I follow them on Twitter, or her, or I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the the composition is of the musical act. Peaches. Oh my god. Okay, so my favorite uh, podcast is a podcast called Your Favorite Band Sucks, and. <laughs> 
My favorite episodes are when they lampoon one of my favorite bands. Those are my absolute... I don't, I don't even like it as much when they're doing bands that I don't like. I like it more when they're doing bands that I do like because I know more about the backstory and everything that they're talking about. And I'll be like, you know, you didn't say anything wrong. And uh, today's was uh, Talking Heads. And uh, they liked my comment on YouTube where I said, I do not consent because Talking Heads, I fucking... I love David Byrne. I love the Talking... I love Talking Heads. But once again, once again, watch that whole 30, 40 minute episode. Like, I don't disagree with a goddamn thing you guys said. So, but I don't, I don't know if your, your little piddling critiques actually amounted to talking heads suck or David, maybe, maybe, maybe you made the case that everybody but David Byrne sucks and that David Byrne's just a little weird. You you did not make the case that David Byrne sucks. I, I stand behind that. RB, welcome. Is there anybody missed that I haven't welcomed into the stream? Not yet, except for some of you lurkers that haven't said hey. I know you're there, right? Like I see the numbers. And but like I'm not on any one particular platform. I'm watching like an uh, 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 amalgamation of all the platforms right now. So I can't look and see that you're actually on YouTube or that you're actually on Twitch. But I know that I know that you're there, lurkers. And I love you guys, too. And just know that if you were to say something in chat, that I would shout you out and tell you I love you. Maybe, maybe that's the reason why you don't say anything. Maybe that's why you're just lurking over there. Lurking, lurking, lurking. Tino Waymouth? I'm not, I'm not sure who that is, Merkin. No, Waymouth. Bases for TA. Oh, Talking Heads. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, they made fun of her for not being very good. And then she practiced really hard and got good. And they gave her props for that. (laughs) Mandy, good evening. I do. I highly recommend the... uh, I highly recommend the the podcast. Your favorite band sucks. I really do. I love those guys. One of them. One of them is David Allen Coe's son. I Cashfield coffee cans. I don't. Who knows what all that dude has buried? He probably has money buried in places he he's forgotten about. It's insane. Mandy, were you here last night for the Alex Jones video? Because, my God. Pink Sauce Merkin would be a great garage band name. The Ale- for, for any of you who might not have been here last night when we watched the Alex Jones video... Of him finding out that his lawyer fucked him up. Fuck, well, I'll watch it again. Come on, let's watch it. 
Who watched that shit? It's so satisfying. So he finds out that his lawyer gave his text to. Yep, this is the this is the clip. He finds out that his lawyer gave all of his text messages to the plaintiffs, the Sandy Hook uh, family's lawyers. He did not claim privilege on any of the information. So the plaintiff's lawyers have been letting Alex Jones testify and perjure himself the entire time and then sprung it on him that, hey, we have your text messages. Now, there are people that are speculating that this was purposeful, that this was some kind of stunt that they were trying to pull. Uh, we'll see. I, I I don't know how he looks better for this. And it's also had a cascading effect that we're going to talk about. His wife wants those text messages. The January 6th committee wants the text messages. Uh, said you did. Nice trick. <laughs> yes, Mr. Jones. Oh. Indeed. You didn't give this text message to me. You don't, you don't know where this came from. Do you know where I got this? No. Mr. Jones, did you know that 12 days ago, 12 days ago, your attorneys messed up and sent me an entire digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you've sent for the past two years and when informed, did not take any steps to identify it as privileged or protected in any way. And as of two days ago, it fell free and clear into my possession. And that is how I know you lied to me when you said you didn't have text messages about Sandy Hook. Did you know that? I See, I told you the truth. This is your Perry Mason moment. I gave them my phone. and then, Mr. Jones, you need to answer the question. No, did I, you I know did. this happened? No, no, I didn't know this happened. But I mean, I told you I gave them the phone over. Just, just and answer you said, the question. You said in your deposition, you searched your phone. You said you pulled down the text, did the search function for Sandy Hook. That's what you said, Mr. Jones, correct? And I had several several different phones with this number, but I did, yeah. Well, of course, I mean, that's why you got it. No, Mr. Jones, that's not why I have it. My lawyer sent it to you, but I'm hiding it. Okay. Mr. Jones? Mr. Jones, that's just answer questions. There's no question. Mr. Bankston also only asked questions. Sure. Mr. Jones, in discovery, you were asked, do you have Sandy Hook text messages on your phone? And you said no. Correct. He didn't. They, they didn't violate privilege, though. I mean, if I was mistaken, I was mistaken. But you, you got the messages right there. You know what perjury is, right? I just want to make sure you know before we go any further. You know what it is? Yes, I do. I mean, I, I'm not a tech guy. I told you I gave in my testimony the phone to the lawyers before, or whatever, and and so you got my phone, but we didn't give it to you. No, Mr. Jones. One more time. And please remember, if you need to assert the Fifth Amendment, you can. I need to know that you can do that. But you testified. If you need to assert your Fifth Amendment, you can. I assume they had to turn over records related to Sandy Hook. That there, were, that there was a narrow scope that the the lawyer was 
supposed to turn over, and instead they turned over the entire cell phone record. Because like when they when they request things, they're supposed to be like very narrow, and they're supposed to like request a certain day or blah blah blah. So the lawyer fucked up and handed over the whole cell phone history, and then when he. The, you hear the Sandy Hook lawyers talk about, like, oh, it's been 10 days. Two days ago, it came free and clear into my possession. The lawyer for Alex Jones had 10 days to file motions to make sure that couldn't be admissible in court. And they didn't do it. So it's just free and clear for the, the plaintiffs to use. Now, unfortunately... The the plaintiffs did not get the hundred and fifty million that they were looking for, just a small fraction of the money. But this is also not Alex's only So you did get my text message. Trial. Do we have the do we have the other This is the this is the other clip everybody was talking about. Uh the judge talking about him lying. You may not say to this jury that you complied with discovery. That is not true. You may not say it again. You may not tell this jury that you are bankrupt. That is also not true. You're already under oath to tell the truth. You've already violated that oath twice today in just those two examples. It seems absurd to instruct you again that you must tell the truth while you testify yet here i am you must tell the truth while you testify this is not your show do you understand what i have said yes i believe i like this judge novel lot. yes you believe everything you say is true but it isn't your belief <laughs> is something true that is that is what we're doing here just because you claim to think something is true does not make it true. It does not protect you. It is not allowed. Boom. Alex Jones finally, finally facing reality for once in his life. Oh, shit. What else we got to talk about here tonight on this show? We're still in, we're still in the opening part of the show. I had to go back and watch uh, Alex Jones clips just because they were so satisfying. Batgirl has been canceled. And apparently there's a major shakeup coming. A lot of people worried about HBO, which by the way, full disclosure, my favorite uh, my favorite channel on the, on the television always has been really. Like I remember being a wee little kid watching Tales from the Crypt. I'm 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 OG HBO. I go way fucking back. Apparently, there's a lot of people worried about its future the, with the shakeup of 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 its new business daddy, as John Oliver would say. Most of I don't watch a lot of television, but most of the television that I watch now is on HBO. Righteous Gemstones. Barry, shit like that. Fucking John Oliver, I I, I I barely ever miss. I used to watch Vice Nightly on there, but they've moved to Showtime. 
HBO has Axios now. I don't like Axios as much. I kind of, for some reason, I kind of like the Dubro style of Vice. I'd go work for Vice. I know a lot of people have a lot of like it's a, it's got a misogynistic culture. Jenkins, what's going on? I love that. I love that. Uh, Mark's playing guitar. We're just breaking the. We's just breaking the ice, as RB says. We's just breaking the ice right now. We're not even into the news yet. I don't even think I've told you we're going to talk about Victor Orban. We're going to talk about, oh, 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 celebrate good times. Come on. Finally, some good fucking news around here. I've been screaming it for two fucking years now. Pretty much since this show has been a thing. Since the Troll Patrol has been a thing since it started. I have been calling for the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor to be arrested. I do believe she was murdered before the Troll Patrol even started. We just didn't know about it until a couple months later. In the wake of George Floyd. Yeah, what a time. Like, hey, I'm going to start a political talk show. And I start testing it out around 2017. I launch it in April of 2020. Right in the middle of a pandemic, and then the the George Floyd and the election, just wow, what a time. This is the feds, sir. The, The warlord, this is the feds. Jenkins, I am well. I hope you're doing well. I don't think I'm high enough for this shit. But it's three of the cops that participate in the raid, and then one of the cops. If I if I if I have read this correctly, because I haven't actually done the I haven't done the deep dive into the story. I do that with you guys here on the show. But I believe it is three of the cops that were actually involved in the raid, and then one of the cops that lied to obtain a warrant. These are federal civil rights violations. I understand. I understand that it's not homicide charges, unfortunately. But this is this is what the feds can do. Federal civil rights violations. We'll get the actual charges here in just a little bit. We've got some wild-ass video. Don't I have some wild-ass video? Oh! We've got some wild-ass video of the Parkland jurors taking a tour of the crime scene. That's going to be heavy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to spring this on you. Ron DeSantis fired a prosecutor who said he wouldn't enforce some of DeSantis's bigoted laws. We're going to hear from both DeSantis and uh, Warren, the prosecutor. 
Fox News. Fox News bitching about Republicans possibly blowing some Senate races. We're going to talk about how people feel about both Trump and Biden running again. Republicans have introduced their own bill regarding student loans. We're going to talk, do you know the mansion the Manchin bill that we are, are are now praising Joe Manchin for that he went on Fox to defend the 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 inflation bill. Turns out it's pretty much just a Democratic uh, giveaway to some donors. They're still they're saying they're getting rid of a tax, but they're actually kind of preserving it. So we're going to take a deep dive into the the trick that they're playing on us. Oh, I'm so, I, RB, I'm sorry that you might be too high for this. I might not be high enough. Oh, you know, for for um, only the, the third or fourth time on this show, I'm going to get to talk about Dick Cheney. This is a blast from the past. I came up, uh, my political um, awakenings during the Bush administration... So getting to talk about Dick Cheney uh, is a blast from the past. Dick Cheney has a new ad endorsing his daughter. We're going to talk about Brittany Griner, who was found guilty in Russia. Victor Orban, the Hungarian dictator, is in the United States giving a speech at CPAC. Dustin, I do not believe that uh, Liz Cheney is the lesbian daughter. I believe that's his other daughter. I believe that is Liz Cheney's sister. That's the lesbian that, you know... That was the reason why he wasn't overtly against gay marriage. And that, like, he had overtures to being not a bigot in that way. But he never took an active stand on being, you know, pro-LGBTQ. He just, he wouldn't, he wouldn't mention it on the campaign trail and shit. He wouldn't ever bring it up. And that was, it was noticeable during the... 2004 election because let me tell you they they did this thing about constitutional amendments making sure that uh, marriage was defined as between one man and one woman as a constitutional amendment in several key battleground states and I was working as a traveling photographer at the time and I spent a lot of time in Ohio in like the fucking lead up to the the 2004 election, let me tell you, oh my god, they were they were outside of everywhere. Like, sign this petition to protect the sanctity of marriage. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, there was a CPAC in Hungary, and now like I believe it's in Texas. I believe it's in Texas. Cicero, welcome. Good evening. I love all your faces. I forgot what I was talking about now. Something from back in 2004. Oh, I was in Ohio when they had like all the petitions. Sign the petition to protect marriage. I told them to go fuck themselves. 
My God, what a 2004 was a wild time. Okay, so for a moment in time, I was the district manager of Walmart Portrait Studios. And when you're a district manager, you go from uh, getting a certain allowance for your hotel room when you're traveling and you, you got actual cost for your hotel. So then like I was, I started staying in, you know, cause it didn't matter where I stayed. I got the actual cost paid for by the company. So you stay in nice fucking hotels, right? <laughs> and I remember being in this like really fucking nice hotel and I come down of a morning. I'm all fucking cranky. Cause like, there was a reason to like fucking they I was 19, 20 at the time. I don't even think I could drink and this company made me a a acting district manager cuz they I was just the only person with a working vehicle that could do the fucking job. I was a warm body to put there in a company that was getting ready to die. And I should my God, if I had it to do over again, because I didn't get the paycheck for being a district manager until several weeks later. Oh my God, my stupid ass. Because I did it for one, I did it for one fucking week and said, no, no, no. I want to go back to being a photographer. I like taking pictures. Like, I like taking pictures. That's fun. I, you know, I can stand doing that. I don't like going, like, reporting numbers. I don't like going around putting up signage. I don't like going or checking in on employees and seeing how they're doing and shit. I almost, I almost fucked one of the, uh, the women that worked there. Cause like, it's a wild crew that's a traveling fucking photographer bunch, right? So, like... I, th- I think she was weirded out by it because, you know, I was the district manager, technically, but, like... I quit. I quit after a week. But seriously, I got the paycheck and like with all the like paying back hotels and everything, blah, 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 blah. It was like $4,000 for a week. (sighs) So, you know, less hotels and shit like this. I probably cleared two grand, 2,200, something like that. (laughs) <laughs> for one week and I was like oh shit and this was 2003 2004 2004 2004 yeah it was during the election 2004 I should have I should have buckled down and done that shit until that company went under like two years later Cause like fuck, I could have done whatever the fuck I wanted. I didn't like there. There was no. There was no rules. There was no shit. Like fucking nothing was gonna happen to me. They just they needed a warm body there. The reason why. The reason why I didn't do it. Is because the last time I'd been home before I went out on the road, like I'm. I was the district, I lived in eastern Kentucky, and I was the district manager over, like, part of Georgia, all of Alabama, and part of Tennessee. I have no clue, Mox, that was 20 years ago. So I'm, like, I'm the district manager over, like, a huge chunk of three states that are... Hours and hours away from where I actually live. 
And last time I was home, weed was dry. So when I had went on the road to to do this stint, it was like a week and a half that I was on the road before I got off for the next time. I left with only like whatever pot I had left, which ended up being like a couple of bowls. So instead of just driving around being all happy and listening to music and smoking pot like I was most of the time doing this job. I was stone cold sober. And I remember I had... I, Guys, I'm going to have to tell this story. I was in a town called Oneonta, Alabama. Buggle up, buggle up. It was a Friday afternoon. I remember it. It was a it was a fall. It was like August, September. School was in session because the cop, the cop was talking to me about having to go to the ball field. So I remember this because like, I have no memory of anything. But also, I was stone cold sober. So that's one of the reasons why this is just seared into my memory. It was like one of the worst days of my life. So as I'm driving through Alabama, remember this is before GPS, and that's what that will come in to play in this story. Oh, my uh, dad, I had had just recently uh, got my truck back because I had gotten a DUI when I was 18. My dad had been driving my truck while I had a DUI, and I was unaware that he had been on whatever the fuck he was on at the time. And locked himself out of my truck. And Jimmy opened my passenger side. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, he didn't tell me he did that. And if you guys aren't aware... When you Jimmy open a door, it it unlatches the, the lock thing. So the lock doesn't actually unlock again. If you lock it back from the inside, the little thing isn't attached. So you can't lock it, but you have to like go back and attach the thing and the you have to take the door panel off and attach it back to the lock and everything. I was unaware of any of this shit. I didn't know he had done that to my passenger side. I kept a spare key for my truck in my wallet. But as I was driving, I had gotten tired of because like your wallet will make you off off kilter as you're driving, and I'd taken my wallet out of my pocket and put it up on my dashboard. I'm in Oneonta, Alabama, and I'm trying to find the Walmart. Now, if I am a traveling photographer in 2004 going to a Walmart, it is one of the small ones that doesn't have a portrait studio. So this this means that instead of a Walmart being like the central focus of a town like they are now, the Walmart could be in any fucking little nook and cranny of the town still, because this was like an older Walmart. So I'm going through this town trying to find the Walmart without a GPS. I have an atlas. I am looking at a giant-ass atlas and shit. So I'm pulled over at a gas station looking at this atlas trying to figure out, well, you know, it's only going to be like, this is a small-ass town, Oneonta, Alabama. It's a small-ass fucking town. 
So there's only going to be like a couple of, of roads through the town. So it's like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. It's after school, but you know, before it's, it's evening time. I, I, I'm like, I'm tired of trying to, you know, figure it out on my own. I put down my atlas. I get out of my truck and force a habit. I lock my door and shut it. But I'd left my keys in the, in the ignition. No problem. I keep a spare key in my wallet. Oh no, my wallet is on top of my, my dashboard. Fuck me in a small ass town. So I go in the gas station, I ask him where the Walmart is, they tell me how to get to it and everything, and then like I explain to him that I've locked my keys out, they call the sheriff's office for me, because the sheriff has a jimmy. The sheriff comes, and he is getting, he's getting ready to stick the jimmy in my door, in, my, in, in the driver's side door. What's up, Porg? I'm sorry I'm in the middle of a long-ass story. He's, he's getting ready to stick the, the jimmy in the, in the driver's side door. But he gets a fucking, like, a call on the radio because it gets his little one-pony town he's the only fucking deputy on duty or some shit. And he, he like, it's a, like a, uh, like a domestic disturbance or some shit. So he's like, I'll be right back. You know, might be a little while. Just, just wait around. I'm like, motherfucker. So I have to sit at that gas station probably about two, two and a half hours, something like that. And finally he comes back. And he jimmies open my driver's side door. So now that door lock doesn't work. And neither does the passenger side door. But I don't know that the passenger side door lock doesn't work. So when I leave that gas station, it's now dark. I go to the Walmart where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to put up signage. I remember that. I remember that so fucking clearly. And I had one bowl of pot and I had one, uh, one Laura tab on me. <clears throat> so I go in this Walmart and like, I'm going to put up these signs. And I'm like, fuck this shit. I don't want to do this right now. I'm going to go and I'm going to go check into a hotel and I'm going to fucking relax because fuck this shit. I've had the worst day ever. I don't put up the signs because I think maybe they were even like the wrong date or something or they because like it was just they were they were in a package supposed to be waiting on me and I'm supposed to put them in the in the in the things that are in like the front of the store and shit. But I had locked my door thinking that, you know, I've got my keys on me. I can just unlock my passenger side door. But when I go back out to my truck, I find out that, uh, no, no, I can't get in my passenger side for some fucking reason. So I go back into the Walmart. And I asked the people in the back if they had a Jimmy. No, they don't have a Jimmy. My ass, because I don't, I don't want to fucking call that fucking deputy again. So I went to the, I went to the uh, hardware aisle and I got a saw. So I thought if I just, same principle, if I just fucking hooked it down there and click, click, click with the teeth of a saw. 
So I got him because this time I had my wallet on me. The other time I didn't have my wallet on me. It was locked in the it was locked in the truck. So I go to I go into the Walmart and I buy a fucking saw. I'm going trying to open my own fucking door with a saw in the parking lot of a Walmart. And like I'm wearing like a suit and tie and shit, right? And I'm clean cut. I don't look like me right now. I'm clearly a fucking business class motherfucker. Some good old boy from Alabama pulls up next to me. He's like, are you trying to, like, Jimmy, open your door with a saw? <laughs> and I said, yeah. He's like, oh, buddy. Like, cause this is a big-ass fucking truck, right? Like a lifted truck, big-ass wheels. Might have been like an F-450 or some shit. Dude's like, I got a Jimmy back here. I'll open it for you. Comes over, just bonk. Like, thank you, dude. You're awesome. I get the chance at some point in time to call my dad, and that's when I find out that he was on some shit and had to jimmy my passenger side door, and that's why I couldn't open my passenger side door with my key. So I go to the hotel. It's a really nice hotel. It's like a Best Western or something. It's a mo. It's a motel. It's it's the the doors are outside. Oh no, this isn't the most amazing. Oh no, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. So I go to the hotel and I'm not even in the town I'm supposed to be in. You know, I'm like a fucking day behind schedule at this point. I go, I check into my hotel room. I have my one pain pill and my one bowl of pot. But before I do any of that shit, I've got to like call in the nut. I want to be completely done with uh my work and i've got to i've got to do all these numbers and call them into the regional manager manager and shit so i'm saying i still like this was this is when i was young i'm smoking up of like a freight train at this time so I'm, i'm smoking cigarettes and like i'm working on the numbers and i get a knock on my door and i look outside and it's a cute little girl not not little no no not little girl we're talking and i'm i'm 19 or 20 at this time this is cute little 18, 19 year old, something of the same age as me. Do not clip it, Warlord. Fuck you, dude. So I open up the door and she comes in and she starts giving me this sob story about how she's from Montgomery and her uh, family is in the hospital in Birmingham and blah, 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 blah. And get like, she's crying on my show. Like, I'm like, oh, here. Like, she, she bums a cigarette off of me. She's crying and she's like, I like, I have no way to get to Birmingham. So, like, I have a condom. So, if you, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So, I have a girlfriend at this time. Not that I didn't cheat on her, but, <laughs> but I guess we were in a, we were in a really good place. We were in a really good place at this time, I guess. (laughs) I definitely cheated on that girlfriend, as much as I I hate to admit that. I was a horrible, horrible young man. I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. Calm down, no. So she's asking me for like $20. I think is what she was. She was going to let me fuck her for $20. I just gave her $20 and I said, Hey, can you get me some marijuana? <laughs> Cause I'm, I am like hard up. I don't have 
any. And she says, oh, yeah, 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 I can do that. I was like, all right, come back and, you know, I'll pay you whatever, whatever you can get for me, 20, fucking 40, whatever. So I just, I just gave her, flat out gave her 20. Maybe I even gave her 40. Maybe she asked me for 20 and I gave her 40. And I was like, can you get me marijuana? Here, 40, take it. Can you get me marijuana? <laughs> I will pay, I would, you know, whatever, whatever it costs, just bring it back to me. So she leaves. She comes back like an hour later. Knocks on the door again. Let her in. And then she says, okay, I can get you weed. It'll be like $40. I gave her another $40. And she says, and when I come back, like if you want to, like you're cute. I'll sleep with you anyway. I'm like, okay, full, sure, whatever. Come back with the weed. And she never came back. <laughs> In Oneonta, Alabama. That that was one of the wildest times I've ever had. Was, I'm 19 or 20 at this time. Oh, yeah. The Lone Survivor. Welcome. Seriously, seriously, we'd had legal weed that could have been avoided. But this is also, this was in 2004. And like, it's amazing to me that like we have legal weed in as many places as we do. I would have, if you had told me in 2004 it was going to be as legal as many places as it is, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Fuck you, warlord. Cancel Justin. I swear to you, I swear to you, if Photoshop had been being a bitch, I would have made your merch that said cancel Justin. I have never been robbed or attacked in any way, shape, or form, RB. Yeah, I gave her the money for the weed. Like I gave her I gave her like forty bucks straight up that she had asked for. And then I gave her like forty more dollars when she came for weed. I am incredibly lucky, but also like, you know, I'm incredibly lucky for how many like random hookups I've had with people off of Craigslist. Men, women, groups of people. <laughs> There's been some times I've, I've felt it was sketchy and I didn't do it. There was one time I was going to host this. This girl wanted to get gangbanged, not girl, a woman wanted to get gangbanged. And she had three other dudes lined up and she just needed a place to host it. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll host it in my apartment. Like I could participate. And then she said like, after everybody else left, like we could play around some more. And I'm like, okay, cool. But then when it came time to do it, uh, she wanted the guys to all show up at my apartment first. And I was like, that seems so sketchy. That seems like I'm going to get robbed. Now, her reasoning was kind of like she wanted to walk in and just take all of her clothes off and then get to it. And like, I kind of understand that. But like, it seems sketchy to me. To me, thank you notes to write. Ah, good one, Drake. Good one, Drake.
I like I like watching people get fucked by multiple people. It's fun. Fucking sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? Not so much anymore, and definitely not right now with the monkeypox going around. I've gotten to mark some really cool things off of my fuck it list. Amazingly enough, the one that like the... like, I've had... I've had uh, threesomes... With two women. So many times. Like, that has been so common in my life. I've had uh, a foursome with three women. But one of the things that, like, it took me years of trying was having a threesome with two dudes. I would have thought that would have been the easiest thing to do. What is this stingray you keep talking about? Nah, dude, I'm just fucking cool, man. Most of the time. And, like, I guess I, like... They feel safe around me. A lot of them confide in me about things. I'm very, uh, I'm the kind of guy that you broke up with your dude and you need to have like a weekend to just go and smoke a lot of pot and watch stupid shit. Have a guy that's really good at at fucking cooking, cook for you, cook multiple meals for you and fuck the hell out of you and maybe, maybe do some cool drugs and that's that's kind of that's kind of the role I feel like you you have no idea like how many times like people people have been broken up with and be like hey Justin you want to hang out yes please come on over or or like I had a a friend in college who was in an open relationship with her husband and like you know they would take turns you know going out on on dates with other people and she would come she'd spend the weekend like. Once a month, she'd come and spend the weekend with me, and we'd go out. And we maybe we'd find a, a gal to sleep with. <laughs> oh, I had a lot of fun with all three of them. It was a really good time, and I remember. And they were like all three different sizes. One of them was like itty itty bitty short and super thin and then the other one was 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 curvaceous and then the other gal was you know uh voluptuous <laughs> and it was very fun and then the, like the the little the little skinny one was just like she's slapping uh everybody's asses biting everybody <laughs> my buddy was like uh did you have all of them suck on your dick like it was a porno I was like, I think two of them did that while while the skinny one was sitting on my face. Oh, <laughs> uh, I remember somebody like there. There was like they had to come into the bedroom to get something. Some one of her friends that owned the house, 
and he came in as like I'm just like because I was like go, just going in like a clockwise order going around. All right, uh, commercial break. Commercials are coming on, so I've been trying to catch the Twitch commercials for you guys so that no one that's watching on Twitch misses any of the news stories that we do because of the Twitch ad breaks. So I've been playing my own ads and playing the Twitch ads during those ads so you guys don't have to watch ads I was especially upset like Mox got like cut off during a really uh, funny story we were doing the other day. And I felt really bad about that because I don't want anybody to fucking have to suffer through ads. So I'm trying to work this out. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to take an ad break. And when we come back, we're actually going to do the news. For those of you who may have just gotten here, I told really long stories and we have not done the news at all. So when we come back, we're going to talk about monkeypox, Alex Jones, uh, how the Democrats are fucking us over again. Uh, all kinds of fun shit. And not so fun shit. We're even going to talk about Batgirl. When we come back from the Troll Patrol Live. Welcome back. When you say mods getting at you're not getting like the Twitch ads though, are you? You're you're just saying my ads. You're you're getting my ads and that's fucked up. That's what like everybody everybody that subscribes gets, you know. You're just watching you're just watching the, the freaking Oh, you get Twitter ads? I didn't know you got Twitter ads or Twitch, 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 Twitch. Oh shit, Tones, you're still getting the. Oh, you might have just got here, so you're. You might have been. You might have been getting the uh, onslaught. Oh, I've, I owe you a different meme. We're still. We'll, we're still getting used to the format here. I owe you a different meme. Oh, hold on. Oh, no, 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 no. This is what everybody wants. It came up in conversation last night. And I, <laughs> I, said, I said I wouldn't go searching for the the picture and be exploitive to, to show you Nancy Pelosi's boobs. But I saw a meme and they happened to use that picture. So there you go. I had to see it. Now you have to see it. I'm not high enough for this shit. Yes, Queen Diplomacy. <laughs> I I still like for those of you who don't know my, my stance, I I think that in theory I stand with Pelosi going to Taiwan, and I stand with Democratic nations and on yada yada yada, but I don't trust Nancy Pelosi and I think she's got some ulterior motives. I think this is this is a way to saber rattle to possibly ramp up like a new cold war. Wanting to use this as an excuse to pump more money into the war machine. I don't know. I don't know. As I said, I was wrong about Ukraine. 
I think I've, I think I've got the right assessment of Ukraine right now. I think I've got the right. I'm the Goldilocks on on Ukraine right now. I'm definitely not one of the leftists that are screaming about all the Nazis. But also, I worry about... The Nazis are just a fraction of, of, of Ukraine, but Ukraine's government is notoriously corrupt. Zelensky was seen as a, a fair, as a failed president before the invasion. I think we're dumping way too much money into something that is a quagmire that will probably turn out the way things turned out with Afghanistan and we'll get a new 9-11 thanks to arming and training these, these rebel factions. I'm always on the cause of democracy and freedom and protest. I just, I always, I'm cynical and they've made me fucking cynical about people's motives and the way they posture. You, people like you, Nancy Pelosi, made me cynical. Because, man, watching her in Tiananmen Square from back in the 90s, that was a lot different. That felt a lot different than the stunt she pulled with Taiwan. You're right, Dustin. We've done it so many, and that's why I'm saying it's a bad move. History dictates dumping a bunch of weapons on radicals until they fire back at us is the, is, is the American tradition. We've done it so many times. And I'm just, I'm afraid that's what, it's what's going to happen again. Because when all you do is feed the war machine and pour arms and ammunition into a country and don't provide them any kind of humanitarian aid, any help for building infrastructure, getting back on their feet in that way. You're just asking for it. Okay, let's check in on, and this might be, I don't know if they've updated this article. This might be an old article. We might have to... We might have to get a different article... Shooting at Mall of America prompts lockdown. Authorities searching for the suspect. It's just another day. That's what I'm worried about, Mergen. That's what I'm worried about. That we'll have a Nazi Mujahideen in Ukraine. That's my exact fear. And it'll manifest itself, you know, possibly faster than what what Al-Qaeda did. Just because we were in an accelerationist time period. So within the next 10 years, but like they also like, who knows what's going to happen with Russia. Police in Minnesota are looking for the person who fired multiple shots at the Mall of America. Let's, let's make sure this was last updated like at 6.30. So let's make sure that we are reading current information. Lockdown lifted after shots fired. Shoppers were sent running for safety at the Mall of America on Thursday after police said shots were fired at the Minnesota Shopping Center. 
Police responded to an active incident on the northwest side of the mall. The Bloomington Police Department tweeted saying at the time that numerous officers are on the scene. Within an hour, police uh, department said officers had secured the scene. A suspect had not been apprehended and no injuries had been reported. This is an isolated incident, the department said on Twitter. The suspect fled the MOA on foot. And officers are in the process of interviewing witnesses. The Mall of America alerted via Twitter that it was on lockdown following a confirmed isolated incident. Well, fucking shit. Four people are in critical condition after an apparent lightning strike at a Washington, D.C. park. Incident occurred at Lafayette Park in front of the White House. Four people are in critical condition following an apparent lightning strike at Washington, D.C. Park. Authorities said on Thursday evening, D.C. Fire and EMS said it had responded to Lafayette Park, located in front of the White House, and was treating four patients. Also, four found dead at multiple crime scenes after reports of explosion and fires. believe this happened this morning foul play is suspected after four people were found dead at multiple homes in a small nebraska town thursday morning following reports of an explosion and fire let's let's hear what the cops have to say about that jesus fucking christ indeed chair at this time just after 3 a.m this morning Cedar County 911 received a phone call about an explosion at a residence at 209 Elm Street here in Laurel. Fire crews responded to this home and located an individual inside. That individual was deceased. The Laurel Police Department, Cedar County Sheriff's Office, and Nebraska State Patrol responded to this first scene. As investigators were on the scene of the first residence, a second fire was reported a few blocks away at 503 Elm Street. Fire crews and law enforcement located three individuals deceased inside of that residence. Fire crews have worked diligently to put out the fire, but also to preserve evidence that may be located inside the home. Our investigators are processing that second scene at this time. (laughs) We're not safe nowhere in Nebraska. In nowhere in Nebraska, the NRA has already won. Scenes about three blocks apart. Foul play is suspected in these deaths. Fire investigators believe that accelerants may have been used in both of these fires. They also believe that anyone who was inside the home at that time may have been burned. Therefore, it is possible that our suspect or suspects receive burn injuries during these incidents. We have two fires with deceased people three blocks apart. It would be a stretch to say that there's no connection, but it's very early in the investigation, and uh, we hope to find those answers in the the coming days. So, how you guys liking late-stage capitalism here in uh, dystopian USA? Enjoying it? 
Andrew Warren. We're going to meet Andrew. I think I called him Alan Warren earlier. Andrew Warren. We're going to meet him here in just a little bit. I hate to be the guy that's going to tell you even more bad news. We've been really doomer here lately. I know we've been really fucking doomer here lately on this show. Since, since the inception of the show, we've been pretty fucking doomer. Last night, I felt like we did a good job of being pretty upbeat, talking about happy stories, Kansas, Alex Jones, and everything. But I got I got to hit you with some reality here tonight. You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. Is my internet going to hold on? Yes, yes. It looks like it was just a, it was just a brain fart there. But reality uh reality is getting ready to bitch slap all of us and this fall is not going to be fun, guys. And I don't know what's going to happen. And there are mass outbreaks of monkeypox. And the government doesn't have the will to shut us down again, thanks to all the right-wing nonsense and propaganda. Because I think it's going to get to the point where all of us are going to need to sit at home for a couple months here again and and wait this one out. But I don't think that's going to happen. The Biden administration today declaring monkeypox a public health emergency. Today, declaring the U.S. a public health emergency over the nationwide monkeypox outbreak. A senior White House official confirming that to ABC News. We are told this will move, free up, if you like, additional resources for vaccines, treatment, and the tracking of the spread of this disease. More than six. I was talking about it earlier. And I was like, have I been vaccinated for smallpox? When did, well, like, I'm pretty sure they phased out the smallpox vaccination. And fuck, I, re- I don't remember the date now. It was like 1972. So no, I have not been vaccinated against smallpox. Following a 1971 recommendation, it was phased out throughout the 70s. Phased out in 72. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to vaccinate a whole bunch of people. And guess what? Uh. The right-wingers have been working overtime to make as many people as they can skeptical of vaccination. And we're going to need mass vaccination efforts to combat this. 6,600 cases of monkeypox have been reported in the U.S. so far. We will have much more on this as the story develops. 6,600. Wow, the video. Thanks for checking out. The rest of the video is just George Stephanopoulos. Let's talk about cases around the world. I'm going to throw some numbers at you that are startling. We're moving to the fact box. Monkeypox cases around the world from Reuters. 
More than 70 countries where monkeypox is not endemic have reported outbreaks of the viral disease, which the World Health Organization has declared a global health emergency. As confirmed cases crossed 25,000 and non-endemic countries reported their first deaths. Phoebe, good evening. Brazil reported its first death on July 31st. India reported its first death on August 1st. Spain reported its second death on July 30th. Below is a list of non-endemic countries that have reported monkeypox cases. Australia, India, Japan, New Zealand, the Philippines, Singapore, South Korea, Taiwan, Thailand, Andorra, Austria, Belgium, Bosnia, Bulgaria, Croatia... Czech Republic. Did, I bet the Czech Republic. I bet those Czechs. They have some wild get-togethers. I've seen them. I've seen them. I've seen them. I've seen the porn. They got way more than 25 monkeypox cases. Because they get freaky in the Czech Republic. Denmark. Estonia. Finland. France. Georgia. Germany. Gibraltar. Greece. Hungary. Iceland. Ireland. Italy. I'd like it. Fucking shit. Peru had uh, 340 cases. The United States, 6,617 cases. It provides, like, I, I think the efficacy rate was something in the high 60% or low 70%, Dustin, is what the smallpox... Vaccine provides against the monkeypox. So some amount of protection, and it's a game of numbers. As we've learned from the the COVID pandemic. The UK has identified new symptoms. So hey, Warlord, mad props to the eggheads over there in your country. UK health officials identified new symptoms. It is important to recognize that just one or two genital or anal lesions or lesions in the mouth can be signs of monkeypox, especially if you've had a new sexual partner, says UK uh, Health Security Agency. I'm here to give you a kind of a little snapshot of my life in quarantine with monkeypox. After catching the virus in May, Peter Kelly... Yeah, let's watch this. ...in isolation. I use a lot of gloves when I'm dealing with the wounds. All to protect others from getting infected. This is my little wound care slash medication. Ooh. ...meds and band-aid changes were a daily routine. For those of you who don't know, I have a, a, a real... Like, I have a, a... Ooh, about medical stuff. Any kind of medical stuff. Like, please don't give me monkeypox. I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can leave this room until all this shit is over. I don't know if I can do it because I can't. I can't do the monkeypox. I can't. I can't do the, the the wound care like that. Like it's it it fucked me up. Give me give me give me the heebie-jeebies to heal more than two dozen lesions. And yes, and yes, and yes, if I've never said this to you guys before, I have never had anything done medically. I've had like wisdom teeth taken out. That is the the closest I've come to having a procedure or surgery of any never broke a bone, never been in the hospital for anything, never been cut open, and it it weirds me out. 
Ooh. So like I can't I can't I can't get the monkeypox. But unfortunately, we live in a society where we're not going to give people the the tools to be able to stay home to avoid getting and spreading the monkeypox apparently. I don't know where this is going to go in the fall, but it doesn't look pretty. I honestly have never experienced something so painful. Monkeypox, also known as MPX, has been spreading globally for the first time this year. Patients are told to isolate until their lesions heal, a painful process that can take weeks. Many folks uh, during that long period, if they're, if they're forced to isolate, are not going to be able to go to work, are not going to be able to um, pay their bills, pay the rent. People want to follow public health measures, uh, but they need to be supported in certain instances to do so. In Toronto, more than 50 confirmed or suspected cases are now under investigation, mostly among men who have sex with men. It's the same trend seen in other recent global MPX outbreaks, though this virus can infect anyone. We really need to be doing... I gotta grow them up, Hager. ...in order to ensure that this doesn't become a bigger problem. Dozens of organizations supporting Canada's queer communities are calling on the federal government to provide financial support for... And this is not good. This is not good because it doesn't exclusively affect, affect gay men. And it is going, it is going to come for your kids. All the kids going to get it in school. Remember, remember, we are, we are reaching the point where kids are starting to start school this week. By the end of the month, something like 80% of the schools in the United States will be back in session. And the kid's gonna get the monkeypox. And the crazies are gonna be like, I thought it was a gay disease! Who's giving the kids the monkeypox? The teachers are grooming the kids! And it is gonna be a shit show. The kids are already getting it, Warlord. I'm getting ready to tell you that here in just a second. For people off work with MPX to help them isolate safely. It's important to note that gay, bi, and queer men have long been at risk for housing and income insecurity. For Peter, a dancer and personal trainer, catching this virus meant he wound up losing more than 20 days of work. But today, he got some good news. I am currently out of quarantine, which is really, really great. Now he's hoping others don't have to go through his experience. Lauren Pelle. Health officials in the UK have updated the case definition of monkeypox to include new symptoms associated with the disease. A single lesion or lesions on the genitals, anus, or surrounding area, lesions in the mouth, and anal pain or bleeding, especially if the individual has had a new sexual partner recently. Please, guys, please stop having, don't have no new sexual partners for just a few months. Just keep it in your pants for a little bit. You can do it. I'd do it. Keep it in your pants for a few months. Nobody nobody have sex with any, like, if you're already having sex with somebody, you're good, okay? Don't have any new sexual partners. And just and watch yourself being in close contact with anybody. Anybody. Oh, the majority of people with monkeypox can safely manage their symptoms at home and there have been no reported deaths in the U.S., most people experience mild symptoms, uh, but it can cause a significant illness in some, requiring hospitalization, including for severe pain. Unfortunately, when it comes to hospitalization, we're seeing a little problem. There are lab techs who are 
not being given. This is the same old story, same old song and dance. I don't think this video has anything to do with the story. This is what we, we ran into with COVID that healthcare workers are not giving proper PPE. Some lab techs refuse to take blood from possible monkeypox patients, raising concerns about stigma and testing delays. Many technicians at LabCorp and Quest Diagnostics, two of the largest commercial labs in the U.S., have been refusing to draw blood from patients who might have monkeypox. LabCorp and Quest don't dispute that in many cases. Their phlebotomists are not taking blood from possible monkeypox patients. What remains unclear after company statements and follow-ups from CNN is whether the phlebotomists are refusing on their own to take blood or if it is the company policy that prevents them. The two testing giants say they're reviewing their safety policies and procedures for their employees. Infectious disease experts who treat monkeypox patients say that the refusals are based on stigma and slow efforts to identify and isolate patients with monkeypox at a time when the nation's health officials are coming under criticism for struggling to get the outbreak under control. As of Tuesday, there were 6,003, we're now up to 6,600 cases of monkeypox, an 81% increase from a week before. An 81% increase from a week before. This is absolutely inexcusable. It's a grave dereliction of duty, said David Harvey, executive director of the National Coalition of STD Directors, which represents 1,600 sexual health clinics in the U.S., some of which have phlebotomists from commercial labs, including LabCorp and Quest, in their offices. The commercial labs employ tens of thousands of phlebotomists. Healthcare professionals who draw blood in various types of clinics and doctor's offices across the country, as well as their own patient services center. Although monkeypox is diagnosed by swabbing lesions, blood tests are necessary to differentiate the virus from other types of infections, infectious disease experts say. So, compounding the problem. And as I mentioned before, the kids are going back to school. The college kids are going back to school. The college kids are going back to school. School year in which a contagious virus is a growing concern. With the increase of monkeypox across the country, health officials are urging schools to put plans in place right now for testing and treatment and vaccinations. Action News reporter Bob Brooks joining us live in Center City, Philadelphia tonight. Bob, they say right what now... What up, Bob? Time to act. Yeah, Brian, that's right. That fall semester is now right around the corner, and health experts say students, they need to be fully aware of what is going on now. Soon, the universities of Philadelphia, the Delaware Valley, and beyond will be bustling with students yet again. And now there's another. I feel like nobody's talking about it. You know, I'm showing you clips of, of clearly of, of news coverage, but I feel like when it comes to social media and shit, I don't think anyone's talking about it. I like fucking shit. Their health concern. Medical experts say they need to be aware of that's monkeypox. Tonight, Dr. Delana Wardlaw with the Temple Health System says monkeypox could very well be a factor come this fall semester. Anything is possible, Bob. We just have to make sure that we're using 
policies and procedures and protocols and the resources that are available to us to try to stop, to try to reduce the transmission. So she says tonight she wants students to understand how the virus spreads. You want to make sure that you're, one, not sharing any personal items. Two, you want to make sure you're not sharing any bedding or anything. Three, you want to be aware that it is contracted through close contact, skin to skin contact. And if someone gets it, she says it's imperative they isolate. If people are showing signs and symptoms, people need to be responsible. Earlier today, we spoke with a man from North Philadelphia who has contracted the virus and he's endured eight days of painful symptoms, including the pox marks. It still hurts, like some of the bumps hurt. Um, itches. As of August 1st, Philadelphia has had 82 confirmed monkeypox cases. Pennsylvania has had 170, and there's been 155 in New Jersey and five in Delaware. Meanwhile, the monkeypox vaccine has been rolling out to various locations around the country, but the director of the Chester County Health Department says they only have enough vaccines for those who've had close contact. There's not enough for the general public yet. We don't know what this is going to look like in terms of how quickly and there won't be for months now brian we want to talk a little bit more about prevention dr wardlaw says there is another simple way effective way to prevent the spread of monkeypox and that is to just wash your hands frequently from our putting live in center city bob brooks channel six action news brian so hey guys wash your hands frequently wash your hands frequently wash your hands frequently Try to keep it in your pants. Try to keep the sexual anarchy to a minimum. You live in sexual anarchy? Do sexual anarchy with the people that are already in your lives. If you want to bring new people into your lives, do it virtually. Talk to a cam girl or something. I'm just saying. Here's here's the kicker. Remember I said the kids are going to get it. We're up to five children's now in the United States. I don't know what stingray you're talking about. Stingray, you're th- like... Please explain, Orby. Tonight over monkeypox. At least five children have now tested positive for the virus across the U.S. Two of those cases in California, another two in Indiana. And officials say the fifth case involved an infant who was not from the U.S. but had been traveling through the Washington, D.C. area when they tested positive. I want to bring in Dr. Peter Hotez. He is with the Texas Children's Hospital joining us tonight to talk more about monkey. Hotez is the man. Take whatever this guy says is gospel. Doctor, always good to see you. Appreciate you giving us some time tonight. Um, Reviewing the CDC's guidance on this, they said that kids under the age of eight are at a, quote, increased risk for developing a severe illness from monkeypox. Do we know why that age group is more vulnerable? It's it's based on data coming out of both Central Africa and West Africa because the mortality rate out of West Africa was described around 1%, um, somewhat higher uh, in children. I think it has to do with the maturity of the immune system. We don't have a lot of details about it, but the point is... As- and also, he's got a book about Stalin behind him. I can't tell what the book is. Has Stalin and scientists on the cover, but I, I can't tell exactly what the rest of it says. Maybe he's signaling to everybody he's a comrade. 
But also, I don't, I don't... Fox cases. Oh, oh, you're Charlie Kirk's stingray face. You're saying Charlie Kirk's face looks you like a stingray. You live in sexual anarchy. Oh, okay, I can see it. I can see it. You were free- freaking me out. I didn't know what it was. Continues to grow in the United States. Over 6,000 reported cases. The real number is probably significantly higher. We should expect um, spillover from um, the current high-risk group into the general population uh, if we allow those cases to continue. The book is Stalin and the Scientist, The History of Triumph and Tragedy, a popular science nonfiction book of the history of the science of the Soviet Union under Joseph Stalin. Interesting. You to grow. So are we adequately responding at a federal level and then state and local level to where we're seeing things right now? Because every morning I feel like we wake up and there's more new cases. Now we're seeing kids infected. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty steep trajectory, and um, the worry is that we just do not have the vaccine doses, nor the doses of the medicine, the tecovarimat, the uh, also known as tpox. You know, there were a lot of lapses, unfortunately, in the federal government. We had um, he he's in high demand. A significant number of doses stockpiled of the vaccine. We allowed it to expire and it wasn't replenished in time. This vaccine was approved in 2019. It was supported heavily by the U.S. government. Um, and then we allowed the doses to expire. So we're in a, it's a really difficult situation. Now we're trying to play catch up in order to uh, take, acquire as many doses as we possibly can. The Biden administration is now, you know, trying to work fast and furious on this. We have a new monkeypox coordinator and deputy coordinator, but we're not going to get the millions of doses that we need over the next few months to really quell this. Uh, a lot, Mox. Can we do more with the antiviral drug and use that as a form of post-exposure prophylaxis um, or a, f- a form of pre-exposure prophylaxis to make up the difference? So I think they're looking at all of those possibilities. And we also have shortages of diagnostic testing and 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 the, our healthcare system is not as set up as it should be. So we're once again, we're coming at this from behind. And it's too bad because unlike COVID-19, the vaccines were already invented and developed. And same with the antiviral drug. We just had too many lapses in our right. system. It just doesn't seem like we should be in this position. Not only that, the vaccine. But I, just, I want to make like Hotez and Osterholm. Those are like the two uh, uh, epidemiologists, virologists, that like you get all your information when it comes to COVID and monkeypox. You listen to those motherfuckers. That's why he's got the nice microphone. He's in very high demand. Seen and correct me if I'm wrong. Not approved for people under the age of 18, right? So the kids in the high risk category still couldn't receive it. Well, but for there, we could probably do some immunobridging studies, just like I was done with the COVID-19 vaccines for kids. So I'm not as worried about that, but it's a matter of having, if the the doses of vaccine are just not there in the stockpile, then there's not a whole lot you can do other than try to hope that we can move as quickly as possible on that front. Doctor, before I run out of time, I know monkeypox is spread in several different ways. Um, How is it transmitted and what's your message to the public on trying to prevent the spread and protect themselves right now? 
There seem to be several different modes of transmission, respiratory droplet contact, somewhat similar to influenza, uh, but also skin-to-skin -skin contact, oral-to-skin contact. So it's close, fairly intimate contact. Most likely the kids that were infected is through household uh, transmission. Um, it's not as easy to spread as it is COVID-19, and you really do not have the problem of uh, asymptomatic individuals. So in theory, it should be easier to do the contact tracing and control. In theory it would sure be a lot easier if we had all of the tools available right now well we're playing catch-up it's in almost every single state right now dr hotez appreciate your time tonight thank you i that is my worry that we have already fucked it up we have already fucked containment up we have already fucked containment up it is gonna spread all over that's why i'm saying like i ain't leaving the room because it's like fucking almost everybody in the country gonna get it Tonight in our missing oh, series, shit. We are Fucking shit that scared the fuck out of me. We're, we're, we're like at the same point that we are with COVID. Just everybody going to fucking get it. And that scares the fuck out of me. I don't want to get it. I didn't want to get COVID. What the hell? What the hell? Why do we have to be like this? Yeah, speaking of the COVID, let's go ahead. Let's check in. COVID is still going on, but like, I guess some good news to report. We seem to be plateauing. The global tally of COVID cases is down 9% in the latest week, but infections are still climbing in the U.S., but it kind of depends on where you live. Some places are going down. Some places have leveled off. Other places are still seeing a rise in cases. Global tally of new cases of COVID-19 fell 9% in the week through July 31st, according to the World Health Organization, but the trend did not hold for the U.S., which saw new cases climb 2%, increasing more sharply than in any country but Japan. And Japan is seeing a sharp increase right now. The U.S. added 923,000 cases, according to the agency's weekly epidemiological update. Cases are thought to be higher than official tallies as so many people are testing at home and data are not being collected. The WHO has warned for some time now that its weekly numbers should be interpreted with caution as several countries have changed COVID testing strategies, meaning fewer tests are being performed and consequently fewer cases are being detected. I don't, I don't think, I think I just mouth farted. I don't think that uh, COVID can mutate with the monkeypox. I don't think like they can become one thing together. But apparently if the monkeypox sheds just a couple of uh, uh, whatever proteins from it, like it becomes like way more... Uh, contagious as I understand it. But once again, this is just me reading people that happen to have PhD or MD out by their name on Twitter. They might be total kooks and I don't know who the fuck they are. So take it with a grain of salt. Go over to Russia where unfortunately I've got bad news to report to you. 
Back to our top story, WNBA star Brittany Griner was sentenced to nine years in prison by a Russian court. The 31-year-old Griner, a two-time U.S. Olympic champion and an eight... <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Marks. I didn't, I didn't mean to, to fuck with your joke. I walk a fine line here on the show with the troll head as a logo. We, we try to be factual, but also we try to have a lot of fun. Talk about sexual anarchy. And fuck, Brittany Griner. I hope uh, they are able to... There's also a teacher, a male teacher, who was in prison. They're trying to work out a deal. He had an edible or some kind of oil or something. And uh, they're trying to work out like a, a deal with a Russian arms dealer to trade him back to Russia for Brittany Griner and and the teacher. I don't I don't know his name off the top of my head. Brittany Griner sentenced to nine years in prison in Russia. Eight time WNBA All Star was arrested February seventeenth for bringing cannabis into the country. Pleaded guilty on July seventh and was convicted earlier today. Here's Brittany Griner's defense attorney following the sentencing. She's very upset, very upset, very stressed, and she is well. She can hardly talk, honestly. So. It's a difficult time for her. You know, when we saw Brittany, uh, I think it was Tuesday, and we saw, her, and we told her, "See you on Thursday," and she said, "See you on Doomsday." So, looks like she was right. The Phoenix Mercury released the following statement: "Quote." While we knew it was never the legal process that was going to bring our friend home, today's verdict is a sobering milestone in the 168-day nightmare being endured by our sister, BG. We remain heartbroken for her, as we have every day for nearly six months, and we remain grateful to and... And I just want, like, fucking the... The indifference or sheer hatred that I've seen from the right wing towards her just pisses me the fuck off fucking assholes the memes that they've made about uh, uh, Russia just signed her to a nine year contract I saw that one fuck off fuck you insensitive pieces of shit I'm confident in the public servants working every day to return her to her family and us we remain faithful. The administration will do what it takes to end her wrongful detention. And we are inspired every day by BG's strength and are steadfastly committed to keeping her top of mind publicly until she is safely back on American soil. We will not allow her to be forgotten. We are BG. Our OTL reporter, John Barr, breaks down the how we got to this point. When the WNBA season began in May, the only sign of Brittany Griner's presence was an encore decal bearing her initials and number, 42. Griner forces. I mean, Mox, that is a that is a salient point you make, and you know you know where I stand on that issue. A seven-time All-Star center, Griner has been detained in Russia since her arrest on February 17th at the Moscow airport. Russian authorities say they found vape cartridges containing hashish oil in her luggage. Griner was taken into custody. Vape cartridges, my fucking God. Your prison sentence. This is an unimaginable situation for BG to be in. You know, obviously BG's part of my family. I've got you for a long, a long time. I, I, I mean, I love that girl. She's, she really is. And I'm just, you know, I just, I just I hope that she can come home soon. Griner's status only grew more uncertain 
because of what happened a week after her arrest. Overnight, the sound of explosions and bombs. Russian President Vladimir Putin declaring the beginning of what he calls a special military operation in Ukraine. Russia's war with Ukraine and the international sanctions that followed complicated efforts by U.S. officials to bring Griner home. In May, the State Department reclassified Griner to an important new distinction. We have determined that the Russian Federation has wrongfully detained a U.S. citizen, Brittany Griner. Still, there were some who believed that enough wasn't being done to bring Griner home sooner. If it was a Ronnie be home, right? It's a statement about the value of women, it's a statement about the value of the gay person. At this point, it seems like pressure is, is what's going to get the job done. Over the July 4th holiday, Griner made a direct appeal for her freedom to President Biden, writing to him in a letter, I'm terrified I might be here forever. We're asking the White House, POTUS. I'm terrified for her. Do I don't, I don't want to see you die in there. On a day in which people are celebrating it. I would like to plead guilty on the charges. On July 7th, Griner pleaded guilty in a move largely seen by experts as strategic as the overwhelming majority of Russian court cases end in convictions. Then just last week, perhaps the most hopeful sign to date, Secretary of State Antony Blinken announcing a proposed prisoner swap offer was made to the Russian Foreign Minister of Affairs in June, which would bring fellow American Paul Whelan and... Bullshit. I didn't know it was made in June. ...weeks ago facilitate their release. Griner's trial may now be complete, but the work to bring her home is far from over. Truthfully, I can't rest as her humanity is being stripped from her. I can't rest as her safety is in question. I honestly can't rest. She seems super cool. I don't know anything about her. I'd never heard her name before. WNBA world continues this incident her wife looks like a lovely lady thinking and praying for Brit please keep her. that was her speaking just a second ago and Jaron Jackson jr quote no way nine is crazy makes no sense and the Connecticut well, it makes total sense like when you look at it from a, a Russian perspective that's Jasmine Thomas they are hard on marijuana over there that's why Russians are always so angry Always yelling at each other. They don't smoke the pot. I don't know. Is that racist of me? Is it... Maybe it's just the way the language sounds. The language. The language sounds uh, harsh. Maybe maybe they don't actually uh, just yell at each other all the time. That was, that's probably kind of racist of me. Victor Orban gets warm CPAC reception after mixed race speech blowback. The Hungarian prime minister is under fire for a July 23rd speech, which highlighted a type of nationalistic populism taking hold on the American right. Victor Orban took the stage at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Texas with an invitation for the American right. I'm here to tell you that we should unite our forces. Let me see. I've got a clip from it. I don't know exactly which uh, part of the speech. It was kind of hard to find a, a long clip. I can find like a minute and a half. I don't know what he's talking about here, though. 
Mr. Orban urges attendees at CPAC to see themselves fighting the same fight. As they hate you and slander you and America you stand for. We all know how this works. Progressive liberals didn't want me to be here because they knew what I would tell you. Because I'm here to tell you that we should unite our forces. Because we Hungarians know... Because we Hungarians know how to defeat the enemies of freedom on the political battlefield. Dear friends, we Hungarians defeated communism, which was forced on us by Soviet troops and arms. It took a while. We began our fight in 1956 and won in 1990, but we did it. Our fathers fired the first shot, and we, their sons, won the war. We know what we have Ronald Reagan to thank for. <laughs> Tells you what kind of asshole this is. Oh, it like strange bedfellows. I don't know. Like I think they're they're perfect for each other. They're perfect for each other. Are there any other clips? Not be racist. Don't worry. A Christian politician cannot be racist. Don't worry. <laughs> that is not true at all, son. That is the opposite of true. Apparently, Sean Hannity. Apparently, Sean Hannity is at CPAC. We have a, a lawless president of the United States of America, like we do now, that not only is aiding and abetting in the law breaking that is going on, and you all know it down here in Texas as well as anybody, right? Have you all experienced illegal immigration? What's happening down here? A lawless president. Like the one you were texting on January 6th, Sean Hannity? Jesus Christ, you motherfuckers. Have some self-awareness. Touching on his signature issues, the far-right leader uh, railed against immigration, globalism, and gender fluidity as he declared that the West is at war with itself, Describing an ideological battle for Western civilization, he said would be fought in Washington and in Brussels. The globalists can all go to hell, Orban said to enthusiastic applause. I have come to Texas. Motherfucker. So the Republicans are embracing a straight up fascist. All right, uh, I've been doing this thing where I've been trying to catch the commercials. They play every hour on Twitch, and I try to catch them at five till. Because I don't want you guys to miss any of the cool stories thanks to commercials. So I play my own commercial break, 
and I hit the Twitch ads so nobody has to watch any ads other than the ones that are, are playing here in just a second. And I've been going, taking a little pee-pee, refilling my drink, doing that sort of thing. So we're going to take an ad break, and when we come back, we're going to watch the new Liz Cheney ad. Dick Cheney makes an appearance. He crawls out of his fucking hole. An election director was fired in Arizona uh, citing uh, problems with the primary that took place on Tuesday. Uh, Ron DeSantis suspends a prosecutor who refuses to enforce the new laws on abortion and transgender care. And we're going to talk about Alex Jones, Batgirl, the cops uh, in the Breonna Taylor case, and we're going to watch the jurors in the Parkland uh, sentencing. Go back to the scene of the crime. That is going to be that's going to be tough to watch. Uh, don't worry, that's at the end of the show. If you if you still want to stick around and you don't think you could watch that, because I totally understand. It's only about a five minute, six minute clip. We're going to watch them walk through Parkland High School, and that's good. That's going to be heavy as fuck. All that and more when we come back from commercial break here on the Troll Patrol Live. Yeah, Charlie Kirk is the... Uh, is it Little Bites? Is that the name of the? Is that the name of the uh, the restaurant? Little Bites. And then, and then I might have uh, I might have made Jesse Lee Peterson and Uncle Tom. Probably not my place to call him that. I try. I try. So here's the, I've got, I've got, uh, I need to mix it up. I'm going to, I'm going to make new, I'm going to make new commercial breaks next week. Won't be the same one every time you guys will, you guys will see a mix. I've got some other shit I can throw on there too. Maybe I'll even play, maybe, maybe won't even, won't even be a commercial for something. Maybe we'll get a skit or some shit. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, I owe you a meme. We're coming back from break. I need to, I need to give you a meme. Women won't date me because I'm conservative. Chad. Virtual wrong. I love you. And welcome, by the way. Anybody sneak in here that I haven't said hey to? Dustin Mox. RB. Love you guys. Poor Mergen. PB. Haven't seen Sky Comet tonight. Sky Comet might be lurking. Lurk mode. Go back to news mode. Because I'm really looking forward to doing this Dick Cheney ad. Liz Cheney recruited her dad. She's up in money as I understand it, but down in the polls.
In a new campaign ad for his daughter, Representative Liz Cheney, former Vice President Dick Cheney does not mince words about Donald Trump. Based on testimony from several former members of the Trump administration as well as Republican election officials and lawmakers in states Trump lost in 2020, the committee has made a case that he not only pushed false claims. We know this. Uh, I was hoping it would give us a a polling. I wanted to know. I wanted to know polling. I do believe Liz Cheney is down. It looks like Liz Cheney is going to lose, but she did have a big advantage in money. Here is her new ad with her dad, former Vice President Dick Cheney. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the. Well, you were up until he came along. Is that what it is? You were all jealous of him? You're like, my God, this dude actually went through with all the shit that I was too chicken shit to do. You think I don't remember that? You think I don't remember the whole Scooter Libby thing? You think I don't remember the outing of Valerie Plame? You don't think I remember you, uh, um... Got Alberto Gonzalez and the whole the trying to get the, the memo signed in the middle of the night. Like, you think I don't remember this shit, motherfucker? I do. I remember it. The last. You think I don't remember you shooting a motherfucker in the face? I do. Election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A no real shit. man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz. I don't, <laughs> okay, so the DOD number, like, fucking yes, you are correct, Dustin. But, like, that's just like, it. that is nothing unique to Dick Cheney and George W. Bush. Maybe, maybe it's a higher number just because they had the two active wars going on. They really pushed the, they really pushed the, it was a trillion dollars. Yeah, I was, I was getting ready to say, I was counting your number. I didn't want to say it. It was a trillion dollars. Because I was like, was it a billion dollars? I don't fucking know. They lose a billion dollars all the fucking time. It's a trillion fucking dollars just completely unaccounted for. Yeah, he, he shot a man in the face, and the guy he shot apologized. Nobody, nobody really remembers how much fun Dick Cheney was. He was not fun at all. He was not fun at all. He was being very facetious when I said that. You lost three zeros on it. They lost a trillion. But also, like, the Department of Defense does that all the fucking time as well. But it might have been particularly high just because of, like... We were really, really active in two wars. But anyway, what were you what were you saying, Dickie? And deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless. She never backs down from a fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do than lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office, and she will succeed. I am Dick Cheney. I proudly voted for my daughter. I hope you will too. I'm Liz Cheney, and I approve this message. I just want to. I just want to point out that he was put in charge of. 
George W. Bush's vice presidential selection committee and selected himself to be vice president. I do believe she's going to lose. He's he's Palpatine. There has never been a unique evil in this country like Dick Cheney until Trump came along. I fucking and how is this motherfucker still alive? Him, Henry Kissinger, and like I'm just, I'm forgetting so much horrible fucking shit that Dick Cheney did. I am forgetting it was eight years of pure hell during the Bush administration. Man, I wish I wish I wish Twitch was a thing back then. Let's talk some more election shit, shall we? Penal County Elections Director is no longer employed after Arizona primary day problems. This is interesting. Let's find out. What happened? This is Penal County, Arizona. We're going to get the local news hit on this. Well, the elections director in Pinal County now out of a job. This is after a number of election-related problems. I called it Penal. It's Pinal. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I guess Penal would have been with an E, wouldn't it? If I look kind of stupid. Nobody else would have said penal. I, maybe it's just because of the way my brain's wired. You live in sexual anarchy? During the Arizona primary season. So the county is saying that David Frisk is no longer employed. They also say the county recorder, Virginia Ross, will replace him as elections director. So on Tuesday, about two dozen polling locations ran out of ballots as people were voting in person. And last month, you may remember, the county printed ballots without some of the city races. And voters had to cast two ballots as a result. So the county says it will be overhauling its election procedures. Oh, maybe, maybe this was fired with cause. And this isn't part of some penal stingray face. Uh, Maybe this was fired with cause. Donald Trump's legal team has been in contact with the Justice Department in January 6th inquiry. Well, let's come back to that here in just a second cuz we are we going to we're going to touch on we're going to touch on January 6th. But before we do that, let's let's talk about a few other things. Dim's stealth gift to their Wall Street don't, don't now this is this is the lever uh, Matthew Cunningham, uh, Cook, and Andrew Perez wrote this. I don't know who those people are. I don't know what the lever is. I don't know how I came about this article. I think it. I think it popped up much like you saw the the thing right here. Matter of fact, let's before we do this. Is that how you spell the lever? Do a media bias fact check. As a left bias, but factual reporting is very high. 
Overall, we rate the lever left biased based on editorial positions supporting the progressive left. We also rate them high for factual reporting due to proper sourcing and a clean fact check record. So, passes the smell test. Let's get down to it. Democrats in the Washington Press Corps have spent the last week insisting, I was more concerned about, you know... Is it factual? Is it factual reporting? It is factual reporting. Exactly. Sounds like a good outlet. Democrats in the Washington Press Corps have spent the last week insisting that the party is about to close a notorious tax loophole. I mean, I don't mind reading from, from we do democracy now, we do Mother Jones, we do the nation over here. But like we just we, we want to be aware of what we're reading from and what the bias is exactly. And what their reputation is. That is that is my policy. <clears throat> Democrats in the Washington Press Corps have spent the last week insisting that the party is about to close a notorious tax loophole that allows many Wall Street billionaires to pay a lower tax rate than most Americans. In truth, the proposal leaves most of the loophole open, fulfilling Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's long-standing pledge to protect the private equity industry that bankrolls his campaigns. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden, who pledged to close the loophole, continues to decline to try to use his executive tax enforcement authority to shut down or to shut the tax break. Taken together, Democrats' bait and switch allows party lawmakers to pretend they are finally cracking down on private equity moguls while actually protecting them. The political gift to Wall Street comes after the private equity industry has delivered $83 million to Democratic politicians and $62 million to Republicans at the federal level over the last two election cycles. That includes $1.2 million to Schumer in just the last cycle. Two hundred and eighty-three grand, a quarter of a million dollars to Senator Kirsten Cinema, who could try to kill the overall legislation. We have not. There's no video of her talking to reporters yet. Surprise, surprise. There's only been like vague statements she's released because believe me, I would have played video of Kirsten Cinema talking about what she's going to do on this bill. Despite the preservation of the loophole, corporate media outlets have echoed Democratic leaders' insistence that they are closing it, even as a major corporate law firm and other experts have acknowledged that it is not actually happening. That issue is the so-called carried interest tax loophole, which permits private equity managers to classify their earnings as capital gains rather than regular income. That allows them to have portions of their income taxed at the lower capital gains rate of 20% as opposed to the top income rate of 37%. Democratic politicians have long pledged to close the loophole and they have previously introduced legislation to reap $63 billion by completely eliminating it. They are now insisting their new Inflation Reduction Act does that. However, the new bill negotiated by Senators Manchin and Schumer rejects the party's previous legislation and only slightly limits the tax break. Instead of generating $63 billion in savings as a 2021 proposal to fully close the loophole would, which I'm, I'm assuming was a Bernie Sanders thing, I'm assuming that was Bernie Sanders' plan, the new version would only recoup $14 billion, effectively preserving most of the controversial tax break. 
While Democrats pretend their new bill ends the tax break, it merely increases the time that firms must hold assets in order for their income to qualify as carried interest, changing it from three years to five years. This reform would increase the amount of private equity income subject to taxes at the ordinary rates, but only modestly because many private equity investments last far longer than five years. would like to finish reading... The article, or go give the lever a follow because we might have found a new outlet that seems to get into the mucky muck and is rated factual and is pretty based. Go over here to Business Insider where we're going to read about the Republicans' plan to deal with student loans. The The Republicans... They decided, like, oh, we're going to put forward a plan. Three Republican lawmakers just countered Biden's student loan forgiveness plans with a bill of their own to help borrowers, as they call, most in need. Three Republican lawmakers think President Joe Biden is going about the $1.7 trillion student debt crisis the wrong way, and they have some ideas on what he could do instead. On Thursday, Reps Virginia Fox, Elise Stefanik, and Jim Banks introduced the Responsible Education Assistance Through Loan or Real Reforms Act. Okay, the fact that it has loan in the title, you're going to give us another loan? You're going to give us a loan to to get us help with the loans we have. Well, let's hear them out. Let's hear them out. Which is intended to act as an alternative to proposals the Education Department has put forward to reform student loan programs. The bill proposes a series of actions to help the borrowers most in need. A fact sheet said by preventing interest from spiraling on income-driven repayment plans, capping borrowing for graduate students, capping borrowing for graduate students and ending the public service loan forgiveness program for new borrowers. Ending a loan forgiveness program, which the fact sheet said cost taxpayers and favors those with high incomes. They keep saying this shit about favoring people with high incomes. If I remember correctly, what they're doing is calculating it over time. And yes, somebody with a college degree over time is likely to have a much higher income. But also, that data is skewed by baby boomers. And that would be a projection over time. Specifically limited to the millennials. I don't think the the millennials that are in student loan debt... I don't think most of us are in uh, high incomes. We could be. We would like to be. We were promised to be. I do not like the Republicans' plan. I, I, I think I should tell them to go fuck themselves. Go fuck yourselves. Go fuck yourselves. Here's how people really feel about a second Biden or Trump term. 
Let's find out. Let's find out about the polls. If you look at polls leading into the 2024 election cycle, you'll be able to tease out all sorts of narratives. Donald Trump leads the field of prospective Republican candidates, along with Ron DeSantis. Although neither Florida resident has officially thrown their hat in the ring. Meanwhile, on the Democratic side, Joe Biden is not faring well with his base with a CNN poll finding three-quarters of his party's voters want an option other than the current leader. Just who they are hoping will run, well, that's tricky, with some Democrats expressing hesitancy to back the current VP, Kamala Harris, for the nomination. However, some polls show that uh, were the ticket to amount to a DeSantis-Harris showdown, she would win. Then there's the issue of deja vu with a potential Trump-Biden matchup again. It'll be 2020 all over. None of us want to relieve that. Or relieve. Relieve. It'll be like taking a shit on all of us. It'll be like relieving themselves on all of us. Nobody wants Nobody wants Trump versus Biden too. Nobody wants that. Then there's also the issue with deja vu with a potential Trump-Biden matchup again. It'll be 2020 all over, and while some voters may feel excited by the chance of the businessman-turned-politician getting redemption for losing to Biden in the last election, a new poll has told a different story about the would-be ticket. In fact, it seems most Americans just want someone other than, well, either of these controversial choices when it comes time to cast their ballots in November of next year. A Yahoo YouGov poll reveals that most voters are convinced that Donald Trump or Joe Biden settling back into the Oval Office would be the worst thing that could happen to our country. Roughly half of those surveyed had this opinion of both candidates. Well, just 22% were in favor of Trump returning to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Meanwhile, a cringeworthy 8% of people polled went to see Biden reelected. These telling numbers come hot on the heels of another poll conducted by USA Today that found two-thirds of Americans are happy to pass on another matchup between the last two presidents. Indeed, 65% of voters noted their disapproval of the idea of Biden running again in 2024, while 68% had a bad taste in their mouth about seeing Trump on the national stage again. An early July poll out of Harvard University's Center for American Political Studies and Harris Insight and Analytics found a similar sentiment about a 2020 Part 2 battle for dominance between Biden and Trump. Will he or will he not run? What's up, Tones? Wait a minute, you've been here. Welcome back, or maybe you've been lurking. Love your face. Always a pleasure to see you. I think Biden is running. We will know for sure. I'm I'm calling this, and I will be right on this. We will know for sure if Biden is running... Between uh, the primaries, or I mean, but not the primary, the general election in November, we will know after the congressional midterm and before the beginning of the year. He will announce one way or the other sometime during that time period. 
That is when we will know what we're fucking two, three months away from it. You will know whether Biden is running or not. I would put my money on running. But I'm not I'm not totally sure on that. And also, I didn't have I didn't have this on my list. But let's go to it here. Let's go to the, the, the Twitter. Let's go to the Twitter. Trump is 100% running, yes. Now, whether he gets the Republican nomination or not, that's that's to be seen. I might have fucked up their names. Yes, here it is. Too early to... Should President Biden run again in 2024? Yes. Mr. Nadler. Too early to say it doesn't serve the purpose of the Democratic Party to to deal with that until after the midterms. Ms. Maloney. I don't believe he's running for re-election. Hmm. Should President Biden run again in 2024? That is Representative Carolyn Maloney, who is has been in Congress for fucking years. And she says she doesn't believe that he's running. Jerry Nadler, who is a high-ranking official in the Democratic Party. Maloney has been in Congress since 1993. She's very high up in the Democratic Party. Gary Nadler is very high up in the Democratic Party. And they hesitated on the answer. The the other candidate, that's the progressive candidate, they don't even use his name. This is Benny Johnson, though. President Biden run again in 2024. Yes. Mr. Nadler. That's the progressive candidate saying, yes, Biden should run. Carolyn Maloney says, no, Biden shouldn't run. What? That's what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is weird. I don't know. But, like, I'm money, money on the table, I would say he's running. But, like, my actual percentage on that is, like, 65% confidence, 70% confidence. I do believe that it's possible he goes, not, not Jack, I'm not running. One term, I'm a transitional president. Come on, man. He's awfully fucking old. Let's talk about Donald Trump. Trump's legal team has been in contact with the Justice Department and officials in January 6th inquiry. Former President Donald Trump's legal team has been in contact with the Justice Department officials involved in the Capitol attack investigation in an attempt to block access to conversations with his former top aides. The disclosure comes as the federal criminal inquiry appears to have ramped up in recent weeks as subpoenas have been issued to former Trump White House officials and aides to former Vice President Mike Pence. Trump's political team issued a statement condemning the justice actions, saying there is clearly a concerted effort to undermine the vital constitutionally rooted executive and attorney-client privileges. CNN first reported on what it described as talks around whether Trump would be able to shield conversations he had while he was president from federal investigators. 
Trump is expected to claim executive privilege should the Justice Department seek details of presidential conversations with aides and members of the White House Counsel's Office. I The walls may be closing in on him criminally. I, there's no way they're going to 25th Amendment him. He may get the monkeypox. Who knows? And hey, I don't, I don't know that he has tested negative yet. I feel like I would have seen that headline as much news as I read. So apparently, we are still on. Biden dies of COVID. Watch. Just saying. Ow. Republicans are at risk of losing winnable Senate races after nominating candidates who can't win. According to, this is Brian Kilmeade, and he voted on Mark Thiessen. Voted on Mark Thiessen. Yeah, let's watch this clip on YouTube instead of, uh, well, fucking it still didn't give it to us on YouTube. We're still inside the little MSN thing. Uh, saying, uh, Saying this about the Senate, cut 42. I think it's going to be a very tight. We have a 50-50 Senate now. We have a 50-50 nation. And I think when this Senate race... What time is Brian Kilmeade on? What's his phone number say there? What's the Brian Kilmeade phone number? Is that 408 or 498? 408. Seven six six nine. Noise. Can we leave a message for him? You think? Oh, they just they shut the phone lines down when they're out there. I guess. They just aren't turned on. Nuts. I was hoping we might be able to leave a message for Kilmeade. I was going to go tell him to like suck a dick or something. Mitch McConnell was on record uh, saying, uh, saying this about the Senate. Cut 42. I think it's going to be a very tight. We have a 50-50 Senate now. We have a 50-50 nation. And I think when this Senate race smoke clears, we're likely to have a very, very close Senate still with either us up slightly or the Democrats up slightly. Oh, good prediction, Mitch. No, I'm changing my prediction, my forecast. I think the Democrats are going to be up three seats now. I was two before. They're going to be up three seats in the Senate. There's no way they can get up to like a 60 bulletproof majority like they had under Obama, but they are going to win between uh, 50 and 55 seats. Hands down. We do not have a 50-50 nation. Like the, the, the Trumpists represent 25, 27%. And the people that are willing to go along with Trump added on to that, that other part. It equals like 35% total. So uh, that was 
not that most insightful, but to me, that's not leadership. Leadership is we will turn it. The America needs us to take back the Senate. We've seen what happens when Joe Biden's got control of Congress. It is leads to disaster, almost titanic disaster to change our country forever. Come on. I don't need an analyst. I need a leader. Don't you? Well, I need I need leadership is also not uh, nominated. Okay. So it is possible, it is possible that the economy bounces back. That we thought like July was the worst month for the inflation number. That the 9.1 is the is the peak. It's crested. If by September we're seeing a number that's more along the lines of a 3% inflation rate. And the job market is still holding strong. But this is a big fucking if because, you know, once again, we got monkeypox coming. Big fucking if. But if, 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 yeah, the, the, economic, the economy could go either way. But if, if inflation numbers have peaked and they are indeed going to come down and they just, supposedly they're expecting them to come down pretty fucking fast. So if by September we're seeing a 3%, 4% number, Wages are still going up. The job market is still strong. The signals are all over the place. It's been wild to watch. I don't know. I've said it so many times. I don't think the economists know what's going on. I don't fucking know what's going on. But if that happens and the Republicans don't really have anything to bitch about, everybody's pissed off about Dobbs, and they're, they're going to get slaughtered as opposed to there being a red wave. Because, like, they have nominated some shitty-ass fucking uh, fucking uh, candidates, and that's what Kilmeade is talking about. Nominating people who can't win. Uh, that, I mean, that's a, and, and endorsing people who are who are the least likely to win. So, you know, maybe the red wave is strong enough that uh, it can overcome the weakness, the weakness of some of these candidates that we've chosen. Uh, I, I, there's not a single poll showing Herschel Walker ahead. There's not a single poll showing Dr. Oz ahead. I don't know how Bla- there's only one poll with Blake Masters and he's losing by nine points in it. I don't know if that'll work. I mean, we, we're 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 putting ourselves in a position of losing a lot of potentially winnable races that should have been winnable. So, uh, Fetterman is going to be a pickup. I think uh, Missouri, I thought, could be a pickup if Greitens won, but Greitens didn't win the nomination. But uh, Johnson's seat in Wisconsin could be a pickup for Democrats. Fetterman could be a pickup. Like, I. The Democrats are, go- are going to win in the fall. It's It's wild. And we only need one a net gain of one seat to take back the Senate. And the fact that that's in question, uh, it feels like 2010 again. We haven't nominated any witches yet, but the primary season isn't over. Uh, I will say this. Um, I think that I just spent a day with Herschel Walker. I know. For those of you for those of you who don't know, yeah, yeah, don't so know what he's talking about. Let me. What was her Michelle? Christine O'Donnell. Was that it? I guess it was 2010, because that's what he said. Just so, just so you know what we're talking about here. 
I'm not a witch. Nothing <laughs> you've heard. I'm you. None of us are perfect, but none of us can be happy with what we see all around us. When you when you had to start your campaign ad with I'm not a witch. The tea party, yes, the tea party was wild. The tea party was wild. I'm not a witch. <laughs> I'm nothing you've heard. I'm you. None of us are perfect, but none of us can be happy with what we see all around us. Politicians who think spending, trading favors, and backroom deals are the ways to stay in office. I'll go to- I don't even remember why she was accused of being- a in the video, O'Donnell tells Marr and his panelists the following. I dabbled into witchcraft. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Can I find that clip? <laughs> I forgot all about this shit. This is, a, this, is a this is a flashback. Okay, well, breaking news. Hold on. All 50 Democrats reach agreement on Manchin's Inflation Reduction Act, Schumer says, saving Biden's agenda. Oh my God, we got like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction in cinema. Cinema didn't hold it up. So, hey, hey, hey guys, breaking news. They're going to pass the bill. They have an agreement. Here is Christine O'Donnell, who was a candidate. Let me share a clip. A, a candidate for office in 2010 from politically incorrect because since Christine O'Donnell who by the way I think could do even better than Sarah Palin because Sarah Palin is mean and Christine is not she's nice and I have the proof I have 22 episodes Christine if you're watching I created you you need to come on this show if you don't come on this show yeah yeah Bill Maher once again taking taking credit for all the people that he's unleashed in the world Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Take credit for, like, glad she petered out like Milo did. Oh, I'm going to show a clip every week. I'm the only one who has them. I ordered them. <laughs> no, they should, somebody had one. They showed it on the internet this week. <laughs> on YouTube of her on with Eddie Izzard when she is saying... Uh, she Love said, Eddie Izzard. And Eddie Izzard said, what if uh, you were hiding Anne Frank in the attic and Hitler came to the door? <laughs> and she said, nope, wouldn't lie. <laughs> Let me show this clip. This is from Politically Incorrect. Uh, I don't know what year, like of why in 2010 that was that was what that was October 29th 1999 that was October 29th 1999 <laughs> that is why uh, 10 years later she had to say this in a campaign ad I'm not a witch <laughs> I'm not <laughs> isn't politics fun <laughs> That's why I love this shit. That's why I love this shit. But 2010 was a much simpler time. 
Making fun of these nut jobs. Yeah, this brings back some memories. Making fun of these nut jobs. Oh, shit. Maybe we should talk classic politics. Would you guys like it if, like, once a month I did a show we talked, like, classic politics? Deep dive into an issue from the past or some shit? I love that shit. Underestimated. And then I talked to Newt Gingrich to get ready for it. I was talking to Newt Gingrich. I just said, hey, listen, I know you've been working with him. And he was astounded by how much he... They did, but not enough, Dustin. She had a fervent but small support. Like, she was one of the crazies that actually got weeded out. Then you had, like, the, like Michelle Bachman, like, served, like, one term. He knew and how dedicated he is to learn. And he had the Reagan box. In the Reagan box is about 500 flashcards, and, and he just has his staff testing them all day. While doing, and I'll tell you this. While doing debate prep, see, he's going back and forth. He committed to a debate today. Well, going back and forth, say, I don't know if I'm going to debate. He's been de- debate prepping the entire time, and he's with. He's an idiot. Herschel Walker is an idiot. Doctor Oz is interesting. Much more talented. He has got a. He's got an easy opponent. The guy is awful. He's been totally mis- misrepresenting himself, and he's got to do it from his basement. Evidently, he's not healthy. Fetterman. He is Bernie yeah. Sanders. Bernie. The pe- people. Yeah. What? John Fetterman is like the best candidate you could ask for in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvanians love him, and he is owning Dr. Oz. What in the fuck are you talking about, you idiot? I thought he was saying that Warnock was an awful candidate. No, Warnock is an incredibly good candidate. Fetterman is an incredibly good candidate. The people of Pennsylvania (laughs) do not want Bernie Sanders. There's no question. All Dr. Oz has to do is define his opponent, and he wins. I, I listen. I, he keeps he keeps trying to say Fetterman is like best friends with Bernie, and everybody's like, "Okay, that's awesome. Bernie is the most popular politician in America right now. Cool. Not the not the own you think it is, Oz." To to quote a friend of mine, everyone hates him. And John Fetterman being Bernie Sanders is not accurate. You're you're correct, Mox. But they he is endorsed by Bernie. I hope you're right. I hope that we. I hope that these candidates surprise a lot of people. We need to take back the the Senate. The good news is is whatever happens in 2022, in 2024 we're going to take back the Senate if we don't do it now because ah. the, the table is so tilted towards uh, towards the Republicans. The Democrats have have nine competitive seats they're defending. Republicans have zero. There's not a single person running in a state that a Republican running in a state that Joe Biden won. Uh, so 2024 is, is almost certain that it's inevitable that the Republicans are going to take back. Yeah, and what you guys nominate Trump again? And it's just a question of when. And he record fucking turnout again, again against Trump. That's what's gonna happen if you nominate him. Sorry, peoples. Sorry. Or they could nominate Ron DeSantis down in Florida. That's a good possibility. DeSantis has suspended a state attorney who vowed not to enforce Florida's new abortion law. This is. DeSantis from his press conference earlier today where he had, you know, a whole bunch of pigs around him talking about why he suspended the attorney. 
the state attorney. Our uh, government is a government of laws, not a government of men. And what that means is that we govern ourselves based on a constitutional system and based on the rule of law. But yet we've seen across this country over the last few years, individual prosecutors take it upon themselves to determine which laws they like and will enforce and which laws they don't like and then don't enforce. The prosecutor, state attorney for this judicial circuit, uh, Andrew Warren, has put himself publicly above the law. In June of 2021, he signed a letter saying that he would not enforce any prohibitions on... First of all, there is a thing called prosecutorial discretion, sir. Prosecutorial discretion. Sex change operations for minors. And that's a debate that we're having mostly administratively and through medical licensing in Florida. But other states have enacted penalties on the people that would perform those, which are really disfiguring these young kids. And he said it doesn't matter what the legislature does in the state of Florida. uh, He's going to exercise a veto. Content warning for transphobia. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I, I we would go there. My apologies, guys. A content warning for the fact that you have to see Ron DeSantis's dick ass face. So over that, he's also instituted policies of quote presumptive non enforcement, and this involves an array of different things. And you'll probably hear Sheriff Cronister and some of the other law enforcement officers talk about it. Uh, but that is not consistent with the role of a prosecutor. Yes, you can exercise discretion in an individual case, but that discretion has to be individualized and case specific. You can't just say you're not going to do certain offenses. And then recently after the Dobbs decision was rendered by the U.S. Supreme Court, he signed a letter saying he would not enforce any laws relating to protecting the right to life in the state of Florida. And mind you, we have had prohibition on third trimester abortions for a long time. We've had prohibitions on partial birth abortions for a long time. And then most recently, the legislature enacted and I signed protections for unborn babies at three and a half months. And when they are aborted, it's typically done through a dismemberment procedure, which is really inhumane. Nevertheless, that is what the legislature has enacted. And it's not for him to put himself above that and say that he is not going to enforce the laws. We don't elect people in one part of the state to have veto power over what the entire state decides on these important issues. The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor, not in individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty. Uh, you have neglected. He your said duty. duty. You are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to reform those duties. And so today we are suspending state attorney Andrew Warren effective immediately. So God damn. And it got an applause that they're. Bending him. Hold on, I think there was a sheriff's department not that fucking long ago that said they wouldn't enforce any kind of gun laws. Which totally goes against what you were just saying, sir. 
I can't find the story, but I, I, I want to say it was a sheriff in, in Florida. But I do know that there have definitely been stories like that. So, Andrew Warren is the name of the prosecutor. Let's hear from him. Let's hear what Andrew Warren has to say after being suspended I, I was by Ron DeSantis. Blatant violation of one of the most fundamental principles of our democracy that the people, the voters, get to elect elected officials. I've been elected twice to serve as state attorney, and I've served as state attorney, and I've done it well. Crime is down. We're protecting people's rights. We have fought so hard for public safety and fairness and justice. If the governor thinks he can do a better job, then he should run for state attorney, not president. Sure. Oh, snap! I was doing the work that I was elected to do as state attorney. I was focused on delivering justice to Linda and her family that they've been waiting 39 years to get. I was making sure that everything went as it was supposed to today with charging these cases. And I was overseeing an office of 300 people that keep 1.5 million people safe in Hillsborough County. So while the governor wants to do his sideshow with his cronies, I'm the one who's upholding the law and keeping the community safe. Are you planning on challenging this suspension, and where do you go from here? I haven't even looked at the order yet because I woke up to do my job today, and that's exactly what I did. Now, I've heard it contains a lot of conjecture and lies, and just based on the governor's track record with unconstitutional orders, I have a feeling that this is going to be just as unconstitutional as the 15-week ban abortion, the anti-protest law, and a dozen other things that the governor signed. I like this guy. Yes, I want this guy to run for office. The governor is trying to overthrow the results of a fair and free election. Two of them, actually. And people need to understand, this isn't the governor trying to suspend one elected official. This is the governor trying to overthrow democracy here in Hillsborough County. What's your response to the governor saying that you're putting yourself above the law, essentially? Charby Diesel. Letters saying that you wouldn't prosecute abortion cases. Yep. But, but hey, hey, this may be the best thing to ever happen to this dude. Like, he, like, this may, like, jumpstart a political career. He seems bright. He's young. He, he, he seems very determined. He's well composed behind the camera. He's had multiple, uh, very good sound bites to be used against DeSantis. Like, this dude's going places if he wants to get into politics. So again, I didn't see the governor's press conference, the circus, whatever he put out there. What I know if you want to talk about the abortion ban, when I became state attorney, I put my hand on the Bible and I swore to uphold the U.S. and the Florida Constitution. And under the Florida Constitution, the 15-week abortion ban is unconstitutional. And it's not just me saying that, it is a court of law that has said that. The governor's bill has already been thrown out. Now, it's subject to other appeal, but while the governor is hoping that the Supreme Court ignores the law in Florida, I'm the one upholding the law. I'm the one protecting people's rights. I'm the only one at this moment who's actually making sure that we are following the law in Ooh, There's a microphone feedback. This project will be the last, the one we just saw you discuss here. Are you worried this will be your last major project as state attorney? No. Do you ever <laughs> no, to- no. He seems confident. I, I, with, with he didn't see the news conference. He said that already. 
I didn't hear what they said. I do think the irony is a little rich. I heard Chief Dugan was there, excuse me. Former Chief Dugan was there. The man who opposed his own detectives looking into this cold case, the man who tried to obstruct this investigation to deliver the justice that these families deserve, he's talking about who's following the law. That's some rich irony. Have you had any abortion cases brought to you, gender reassignment, surgeries, anything like that? Any cases involved with what the governor talked about? We've had none. None of those cases have been brought to us. We're not anticipating those cases being brought to us. You should go ask the sheriff whether he's had those cases and whether they're investigating, arresting people for that. Because when they do and they bring us a case, we'll evaluate it and we'll evaluate that case on the merits like every other single case we do in the office. But at this point, again, from what I've heard, the governor's order is just based on pure conjecture and lies about what he thinks I'm going to do with cases that haven't even come before me yet. Wow, cool. Here. I think the governor is trying to make a good impression on the Iowa caucus voters for 2024. Ouch. I'll say more about Chief Dugan. Fuck him. ACAB means Chief Dugan too. The Barbara Graham's investigation was Tampa Police Department. The end of the order talks about you packing up your things. Have you done that? No, I haven't yet. Are there plans to do that? You're obviously still here holding this press conference, people just questioning, you know, do you plan to step down or have someone take over for you? Uh, again, I haven't even looked at the order yet. So it says you can go back to work with all the nonsense that the governor's throwing out today. But you think you'll be, I mean, I, you, you said no to my question. So you think you'll be back doing this job as state attorney at some point? I'm still doing this job as state attorney. I'm the twice duly elected state attorney of Hillsborough County, and the governor signing something with a pen or a crayon doesn't change that. Uh, what do you mean by that? Are you going to be, I mean, do you have power to still decide on prosecutions? I, I'm still the duly elected state attorney of Hillsborough County. Next question. I like that guy an awful lot. Fuck Ron DeSantis. Uh, let's go to Alex Jones, who unfortunately is not paying near enough in damages. $4.1 million in damages for Sandy Hook theories. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones has been ordered to pay $4.1 million. 3.3 million euros for those of you across the pond. In damages after falsely claiming the 2012 Sandy Hook school shooting was a hoax. The parents of a victim have sought at least $150 million. To me, that's more like it. I want to make sure the man never has money again in his life. They sought $150 million in the Texas defamation trial against the InfoWars founder. They said they endured harassment and emotional distress because of the right-wing host's misinformation. 20 children and 6 adults were shot dead at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut. The jury in the city of Austin decided compensatory damages on Thursday and must still determine any punitive damages. So this isn't even the whole of the money that the Sandy Hook victims are getting. Cool cool okay this was just the compensatory damages jones who was not in court when the outcome was announced has repeatedly argued that shooting was a hoax organized by the government in order to strip americans of gun ownership rights and that the parents 
of the dead children were crisis actors. He has already lost a series of defamation cases bought, brought by the parents of the victims by default after failing to produce documents and testimony. But this is the first in which financial damages were agreed by a jury. The case was brought by Scarlett Lewis and Neil Heslin, the separated parents of a six-year-old Jesse Lewis who died in the school shooting. Ahead of Thursday's decision, a lawyer for the plaintiffs revealed that Jones' lawyer had inadvertently sent him two years of texts from his client's phone. And speaking of inadvertently sending the text from his client's phone, there are more than one uh, persons interested in seeing what's on Alex Jones's phone. A copy of Alex Jones's cell phone will be turned over to the January 6th committee immediately. The phone data was accidentally given to a lawyer for the parents of children uh, killed at Sandy Hook. After Wednesday's revelation that an attorney for Alex Jones accidentally turned over a copy of his entire cell phone to the lawyer suing him on behalf of Sandy Hook parents, a couple of things were obvious. The first was that Alex Jones must be turning redder than ever. The second was that the Congressional Committee holding hearings on the January 6th insurrection would probably want those records too. In an emergency hearing this morning, an attorney for the Sandy Hook parents, Mark Bankston, confirmed that he'd had requests from several law enforcement agencies, including the January 6th committee, to turn over the phone data and that he intends to do so immediately. Who else might want Alex Jones's cell phone data? Alex Jones's ex-wife will seek his phone records for her custody case against him after lawyer messed up and shared texts in court. Great minds, Sharpie, great minds. I was I was trying to set it up. Alex Jones's ex-wife Kelly Jones wants access to a treasure chest of information, several years of phone records that uh, thanks to a mess up from Alex Jones's attorneys, Kelly Jones told Insider that like the January 6th committee, she is eager to subpoena phone records and that she believes that they could vindicate her claims in an ongoing child custody battle with Alex Jones. I know the text and information on his phone will be evidence of all the nefarious, truly conspiratorial things said between him and his employees and their plans to keep my kids from me. Jones told Insider on Wednesday, it's not even about my kids, it's about control controlling me. Couldn't happen to a worse guy. Sorry, Alex. Sorry, Alex. Hey, Justin, are you trolling? All right, here is one that deserves uh, it deserves a rip off of the bong in celebration. Imagine being so stupid, have children. Once again, like. I was an Alex Jones fan at one point in time. I used to believe in the 9-11 conspiracies and shit. Fuck, that's some of my earliest memories on the internet is watching Alex Jones go to Bohemian Grove and expose the globalists. Uh, 
But we were all young and stupid at one point in time. My buddy the other day asked me, he's like, hey, have you ever heard the conspiracy theory that Bill Hicks is Alex Jones? And I'm like, yeah, it's not true. He's like, why'd you say that to me? Do you think I'm stupid? (laughs) I was like, well, I was just making sure. (laughs) Making sure you knew. Here's one to celebrate. Finally, this one is a long time coming. Almost the entire length of me doing the Troll Patrol, which is coming up on two and a half years now. We have been waiting, waiting for the news that I'm getting ready to tell you right now. I thought it was never going to occur. It was a complete fucking shock to me when I saw it this morning. And boy, was I ever happy. Four former and current Louisville police detectives federally charged in the Breonna Taylor raid. Fucking finally. Breonna Taylor should be alive today. She absolutely should. Four current and former Louisville Metro Police Department officers with federal crimes related to Ms. Taylor's death. Say her name! Breonna Taylor! Sorry about that. That was really loud. That they shouldn't have been there and that Breonna didn't deserve that. Four current and former LMPD detectives arrested and federally charged for their roles in the raid that killed Breonna Taylor. The U.S. Attorney General announced their indictments today. Travis Ragsdale and the WDRB investigates team has been digging through the documents. You have been following this case, Travis, since the beginning. And this is where we are now. More than two years later, Brianna Taylor was killed back in March of 2020. Now we're here. Two current and two former detectives charged by the feds. Three of the officers were charged with crimes related to the warrant that was used to raid Taylor's apartment. Let's start with Joshua Janes. He's charged with the most crimes and is the detective who signed the warrant. According to the indictment, Janes knew that there was false and out-of-date information on the warrant when he wrote it, specifically that he verified through a U.S. postal inspector that a known drug dealer... Specifically, fuck this piece of shit. And his Nazi little haircut. Taylor was receiving packages at Taylor's apartment. We know now that he was not. Janes is facing three charges, a civil rights violation, conspiracy, and falsifying records. His partner was Kelly Goodlett. She is charged with conspiracy. Prosecutors claim that she and Janes conspired together to try and cover up the fact that there was false information on that warrant. The indictment says that she and Janes met in a garage to get their story straight on what Janes put in the warrant. Then there's Kyle Meany, a sergeant. He was the sergeant who oversaw this whole operation. He's charged with civil rights violations and making false statements to investigators. Finally, Brett Hankison. He is not charged related to the warrant. Instead, he's charged with firing his gun blindly into Taylor's apartment. Prosecutors call it an unjustified use of force that shocks the conscience. And Travis, the WDRB investigates team has been looking into the issues surrounding this search warrant since early on. In fact, uh, our early reporting plays a role in this indictment. Correct. That reporting is cited by prosecutors in the indictment for Josh Janes and Kyle Meany. And it all has to do 
with those packages that Jane said Taylor was receiving but wasn't. Here's the story that we wrote back on May 16, 2020. We spoke to the U.S. Postal Inspector who told us emphatically that there was no suspicious packages going to Taylor's apartment in spite of what Jane's wrote. The day after we published that Because cops just make shit up. Goodlet met in a garage to come up with a plan on how to lie about how they came up with the information that ended up in that warrant. Shortly thereafter, that that plays into it. They were trying to gentrify that neighborhood, but also like, if you saw the apartments, like she lived in a nice apartment. It wasn't like she was in a, in some fucking trap house or something. Like it wasn't a bad apartment. It was. It didn't. It didn't look run down or anything. So I don't. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Also, I think I used to work with this guy, Justin something or other. After is when prosecutors say Jane's began lying to investigators about how he got that information. All right, Travis Ragsdale, thank you for your reporting. I'm kind of Did I work with this guy? Where's where's your team? Where's your team? Come on, connect. Uh, new staff. Oh, maybe Gilbert Corsi. Maybe I didn't work with him. I'm sorry, Gilbert. My bad. You seem like a nice guy, though. This one I'm going to hit the content warning for because this could be a little heavy. This could be really heavy. We're going to watch the jurors in the Parkland sentencing walk through Parkland High School. Earlier in the day, jurors toured the still blood-spattered rooms at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. That still blood-spattered rooms. Wow. That crime scene has been left intact since the massacre four years ago. And Local 10's Christina Vasquez was one of only a select number of reporters allowed inside today. And she's joining us live right now from Fort Lauderdale to share what she saw. Uh, Christina, I'm sure it was very eerie to be walking down those hallways. I bet. I that word, one feeling I had once we started even approaching the building is in many respects, it feels like a mausoleum. And as you walk into those spaces, it is like a time capsule to terror, a grisly school shooting just suspended in time. Remember, these jurors have heard from the state's case presentation some really graphic testimony, right, from medical examiners about the violent way by which these 17 Marjorie Stoneman Douglas staff and students died on Valentine's Day 2018. And when you walk, you know, I don't even know like that this is necessary where they lost their lives. We are talking about pools of dried, caked blood in the classroom floors, in the alcoves, in the hallways, where they have learned from the testimony of those who survived this very terrifying shooting, have told them um, where these certain students and staff members died. So why do I bring that up? So for me personally, I can't speak for the jurors and their individual possibly 
um, reactions as they're walking through a crime scene preserved for more than four years. But for me personally, as I go into a certain classroom, you might remember, for instance, we have Dara Haas. She was an English teacher. And I could literally almost hear her testimony in my head as I walk into her classroom. And I remember her talking about debris flying across the classroom and the haze that came as the gunfire rattled the building. It's a good line. Time capsule of terror. There, you know, in these different classrooms, there's laptops that are still open with the dust that settled from that ceiling on them. There are Valentine's Day cards and deflated balloons. So I, I, I don't think we're actually going to get to go inside. I thought they might take us inside and like blur out some of it, but apparently we're just going to get shots of like the exterior and shit. Balloons and stuffed bears, um, shards of that swiftness, that death descended on this building. Um, and then when you get into a certain area, for instance, let's take um, Elena Petty. There's something that her sister said in the victim impact statement that always stayed with me. We've heard a lot of the family members, for instance, talk about all not just what they miss, but the future life events they're going to miss. And one thing she said is how she died with her braces still on. I don't know if you remember that, but it was an image that stuck out with me because it really conveys the young age, right, of, of some of these victims. And I'm there in the classroom and you can see Elena Petty's desk and I can see her with the braces and her, there's a blue um, folder that has her name on it. Right behind her desk um, is this one of these large pools of, of blood, dried caked blood behind the teacher's desk just as the testimony had been told to the jurors. And so you're in that space, right, where you can see where she had such life this was the middle of a school day, and you were so reminded of that when you were looking in these classrooms and see books still open, the victims' you know, notebooks still there, their pencils that they were using seconds before they would find themselves, because of the Parkland shooter, um, shot, bleeding, and dying uh, on, a, on a classroom floor. And so as the jurors possibly did what we did, right? They were there for uh, just about an hour and a half, uh, walking the three floors, walking through those spaces, that's just an indication of some of the things that they saw. The third floor was by far, I would say, the most difficult to be in. Um, it's definitely where we saw, uh, for instance, the most uh, that dried, sort of caked blood in the hallways in the alcove. You have to remember two of the victims, for instance, Peter Wang and Joaquin Oliver, as we know from the medical examiner's testimony, they had some of the most egregious injuries. You know, Peter Wang shot more than 10 times. Um, I saw his crime scene photo. He was, he was laying in the hallway on the corner. Um, and then now you're standing there in that space and you can see, and you see where they died. You, you see the exact moment where they took their last breath. You see the blood splatter from their bodies on on the walls it is it is gruesome it is grisly and it is hard um, also on the third floor there are so many different moments walking through the building that are chilling for different reasons but for instance on the third floor again it's valentine's day so you know scattered here and there are the valentine's day teddy bears and um, deflated balloons and there's a lot of handmade cards but on that third floor for instance right where you see Joaquin Oliver, where he was shot and killed, 
there's there's drag marks on the hallway through through his blood and that um, from the crime scene photos you know that's where he was pulled into the hallway um, we believe from when first responders came but the point is when you're standing there there is a heart-shaped for instance paper Valentine's Day card one corner of that you can tell was literally saturated in in blood um, and then as you're standing there you see bits of red rose petals dried rose petals just sprinkled within shards of glass lying near all of this blood splatter um, i'm going to read you something from the second floor so uh when we talk about where the most uh the majority of people were killed or murdered it was on the first and the third floor but the one of the most powerful moments is on the second floor as you're walking through that second floor I'm going to read you a quote that happens to be on the hallway, again, suspended in time since February 14th, 2018. It's a quote from James Dean that says, dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. So it'd be a lot for the jurors to take in. I know it was a lot for us. And you know what, Christina, as you're just Fuck. to us, you do such a great job with your descriptions. Um, we just want to say she did a fantastic job of painting that picture with her words. And made me cry by the end. Wow. Remember, kids. Shoot up drugs, not schools. I feel I feel like I walked through the school without ever seeing any of that. In, in in some ways, that might have been more powerful than actually seeing the video of it. Fuck. Also, fuck that little kid, Nicholas Nicholas Cruz. Is that his name? I think Cruz is his last name. I might have his first name wrong. Fuck him. And you know, like, there's a. The debate right now is whether to put him to death or let him live his life out in prison. I don't know that taking the jurors and showing them the crime scene is, is necessary of putting people through that. Maybe it is necessary. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know. Put him to death. Give him life in prison. I don't fucking know. I don't know what to do. As I said, overall, I am completely against the death penalty. But in this in this instance, like this motherfucker deserves to die. This is, this is one of those. It's a cut and dry case. We know we know he did it. It is like there there is no there is no question of his guilt. There is only a question of morality: is if it's is it right for the state to kill somebody? And in almost all cases, I'm going to say no. This one. This is one of the only cases that has me questioning that stance. I'm, I'm glad we watched it, though. I'm glad we watched it. Can we... Let's do something a little more lighthearted. Do something a little more lighthearted. Before... <laughs> Before we get out of here, you're going to get a heartwarming story about a cat. 
But before that, an infuriating story about a bat? HBO Max's drastic decision to not release a completed movie is a reminder of the murky and merciless economics of streaming. Welcome, Ida. Good job. Good job. Good evening. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was I was reading what you said about the reporter. It was like an amalgamation. You said great job. I was trying to tell you good evening. Alan Ray is trying to uh, live in sexual anarchy over here. You live in sexual anarchy? Dude's, dude's commenting on the Discord. Does that mean is he, is he even talking to me? Does he hear me talking? Got us a live one over here. In the world of movie making, it's generally considered good business to release the movies you make. After all, they can, for those of you who don't know... HBO, Warner Brothers, Time Warner, Time AOL has been bought by Discovery Networks, whatever. And apparently, like, the, the new business daddy, as John Oliver says, is coming in, making a bunch of changes. It's got people worried about streaming. Everything's kind of up in the air. So this is one of the results of this, this corporate merger. In the world of movie, and apparently AEW, the new wrestling company is one of the things that may be on the chopping block. In the world of movie making, it's generally considered good business to the rele to release the movies you make. After all, they can cost tens of millions of dollars to produce. And pardon me for getting overly technical here, selling tickets for the general public to view can help recoup those costs. Streaming TV has changed that calculation a little. Now films are sometimes made not to sell tickets, but just to beef up entertainment libraries for monthly subscribers. At that point, the economics get hazy. Even that strange decisions start getting made. Decisions like Warner Brothers' choice to entirely shelve Batgirl, a superhero adventure that cost at least $70 million to make and was intended to debut on HBO Max this year. Why would a Hollywood studio want to throw away a comic book movie? This one features a big brand name heroine played by an actress of color in The Heights, Leslie Grace. The return of Michael Keaton is the Batman he played in Tim Burton's hit movie. Oh shit, I didn't know about that. A villain played by Brendan Fraser, a beloved actor in the middle of a feel-good comeback moment. Shit, this movie was stacked. The reported reason for Batgirl's sudden cancellation have varied, but the most logical and dullest one involves taxes because Batgirl was made under the previous Warner Brothers regime before that company was merged by AT&T with Discovery. The movie can essentially be put in the vault and written off as part of a purchase accounting maneuver that's available for only a limited time. Still, there might be something fundamentally wrong with your business strategy when not releasing a movie is more financially advisable than releasing it. 
Rumors immediately started to swirl that Batgirl had tested so poorly with audiences that it was considered unsalvageable, dixing the idea of the studio pouring millions more into reshoots to make it more big screen worthy. But then Deadline reported that the film's one test screening hadn't been that bad, considering that the cut had been temporarily, uh, or that the cut had temporary visual effects. Indeed, nothing about the film seems particularly radioactive. Its directors are Adil El Arbi and uh, Bilal Falal, who did a strong job with 2020's Bad Boys for Life and the pilot and final of Miss Marvel on Disney+. The duo expressed total dismay at the news, which they apparently learned just before the press did. The deeper thing that's going on, as much as I can discern from reporting thus far on the decision, is a drastic change in corporate strategy, shifting away from streaming and back towards an emphasis on big theatrical releases. Warner Brothers was run by the upstart CEO Jason Killer from April 2020 to April 2022, and he was the one who made the dramatic choice mid-pandemic to release the studio's entire 2021 slate on HBO Max at the same time as theaters. That meant epics such as Dune and Matrix Resurrections debuted partly on the small screen, and the move angered filmmakers such as Denis Villeneuve and broke Warner Brothers' long collaboration with Christopher Nolan, who is now making his next movie for Rival Universal. It also probably helped to put HBO Max on the map. The service is an undoubted success, topping company forecasts for subscriptions and earning praise for his extensive film and TV library. But Killer's successor... David Zalzov, Zaslov has the opposite philosophy. According to Deadline, Zaslov has no interest in Killar's notion of making several films a year as HBO Max exclusives. Along with Batgirl, a new Scooby-Doo cartoon was canceled and six other Max originals, including Robert Zemeckis' adaption, adaption of The Witches, were pulled from the site. Again, there are murky financial reasons for these decisions, but that that's not a particular comfort to subscribers or to the people who worked hard making these projects. What the fuck is the dumb shit in the Discord talking about? Oh shit, so I, I contemplated... I contemplated playing the quartering who you know is always commenting on things like this but I didn't want to play the quartering so I went to bit shoot I found this other uh, channel I didn't really like uh, their production value uh, uh, I didn't really like their production value so uh, I got us yellow flash this is yellow flash on bit shoot apparently they make videos about uh, pop culture and current events, and they're going to tell us about Batgirl and their opinion on what have you just got the real story. Okay, Yellow Flash has nineteen uh, or has one thousand nine hundred thirty-five subscribers on Bitshoot, but this video got sixty-one views. But I just want to point out. That Justin Freakin' on BitChute has 75 subscribers and has 104 views on his latest video. Has 86 views 
on his latest live stream. <laughs> so Yellow Flash, who has 1,935 subscribers, got 61 views on their latest video. Weird. Weird how BitChute works. Well, let's see what Yellow Flash has to say about Batgirl. It's been two days and I'm still laughing at what happened with Batgirl. Because it's... I knew it was going to be something about Woke. I knew it was going to be something about Woke. And he is reading from the Daily Mail. Holy Wokery, Batgirl. Holy wokery. They're going to say they went woke, go broke, when clearly what we read from what what was the other source? The Atlantic, which like was, was sourcing variety and shit. They said it was about taxes. About getting a tax write-off and then they'll release it, you know, sometime down the road after they've gotten their tax write-off. God damn. God damn. Daily Mail is stupid. Right-wingers are morons. It's crazy. They shelved a movie that reports are saying cost somewhere between 70 to 100 million dollars. That's a lot of money. But if you think about it, it's cheaper to just shelve it because think of the marketing for the movie. You would have to put another hundred million dollars on the table to market the movie. It's cheaper to just make it go away. <laughs> and it's it's wild to see because usually you would see studios try to do some nonsense to hype this up and maybe this is a sign that that nonsense isn't working anymore. You know, they would pull what Star Wars What nonsense? Well if you don't you don't watch this, you're some kind of a some kind of hateful person. They didn't even want to go that route. They just said, we're just going to cut our... Did Star Wars do that? I don't watch Star Wars. Did Star Wars tell you guys, was that their marketing campaign? If you don't watch Star Wars, you're come some kind of a hateful person. Was that really their marketing campaign? I don't think it was. I think it was like, look how cute Baby Yoda is or some shit. War Machine. Yeah, bad movies never stopped at Warner Brothers in the past. That's exactly right. I mocks I want whatever the fuck he's on. Our losses, and we're going to shell it. It's, it's a crazy thing to see. And it makes me wonder what the future of the DC... Alan Ray, I wish you well, my friend. I'm glad you are over there uh, living in... Uh, uh... You live in sexual anarchy. Living in the sexual anarchy. Cheers. You is. I saw a video by Andy Signor saying that his sources told him that Amber, Amber, uh, well, she who shall not be named, A.H. Uh, her Amber Heard. Aquaman 2 has been moved down to two minutes. And I believe it, but... I think that's two minutes too many. I don't want to see her in the movie at all. So how did he how did he pigeonhole Amber Heard into this? Completely removed from it. But that's where that stands. So they do seem to be paying attention to what's going on with 
actual people. Because that role got cut down even more. It went from 20 minutes to 10 to 2. This movie's getting shelved. And now I wonder what's going to happen with Flashpoint. But yeah, this is a, a crazy thing. And it will leak eventually. Eventually, this movie, because it was almost finished. I think it was 90% finished. Like I said in my video the other day, if you know what I'm talking about with that awful Fantastic Four movie, the one that came out in like the 70s or the 80s. Actually, it didn't come No, out. I had no clue they did a Fantastic no, Four movie. And someone leaked it. I think someone will eventually leak this movie and we're going to be able to watch it via, via certain websites. It'll get an unofficial release, basically. Uh, but people, this has not been informative at all. No wonder he has less views than I do on BitChute. And I'm hated on BitChute, by the way. The move to shelve this movie, racist as usual. Woke scandal. Bl I would love to show you some of the comments on BitChute that I receive. However, a lot of them can't be repeated on uh, Twitch without violating terms of service. But I do believe the ones on my Alex Jones video, Alex Jones, I think I think I think they're tame enough to show you what goes on over here on BitChute. Most of them are really anti-Semitic, really violent. So this is Alex Jones has a horrible day in court, 104 views. Some dude commented that woman is a liar, and you can take that to the bank. It got downvoted by by five. I'm the only upvote on the video. Uh, they hate me on BitChute. Uh, this was Jones's chance to expose the fraud of Sandy Hook, and he's blowing it. I, I love responding to him. Ha 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 ha! Like I can't take you over. Like I can call it some like fucking horrible names. A lot of the the f word. A lot of the f word. The f slur blows up after Warner Bros. shelves seventy million Batgirl. Minority talent are not pawns. They should have just released the movie because it stars a Latina. Put that hundred hundred million marketing on the table. You should have released it. Despite the fact that test audiences, who have no idea about any kind of culture war shit, by the way, watched it and thought it was awful. That's not what we heard. No, no, no. We, 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 we heard that there was no... I mean, like have no idea about anything other than I hate that this dude is not even telling you like this is sheer speculation I do not know this for for a fact he's passing it off oh test audiences hate it one there was no there was no audiences it was one test audience and apparently they were lukewarm on it Oh, this isn't this isn't Jeremy I was going to do the quarter the quartering but like I like Fuck the quarter, and I didn't want to play him. I just like, what? There was a Batgirl show that was going to happen. I didn't know about that. Christian Bale Batman movies. These people sat down, watched this movie, and thought it was awful. Some people saying it's irredeemable. It's not good. But Twitter, of course, very upset. Should invest that $100 million. It grows on trees, by the way, because these people just see it get printed all the time anyway. So they think it should have came out. They're very upset. 
They're very upset about some other stuff, too, I'm going to show you, but... I might have watched it. Calling this a, a racist move. Leslie Grace was incredible in the heights. Batgirl was supposed the to... The CW show was canceled. Oh, I didn't know there was a CW show. WB is taking that away from us, and I will not stand for it. Hashtag release the Batgirl movie. Look, she still got paid. And she, from what I've seen, is a good actress. She's a beautiful young woman. Honey, honey, it's not about getting paid. It's not about getting paid. You invest your your life into that work. You want that work to be seen. I like I want my work to be seen. It's not it's not as much about the money. Yeah, the money's nice. It's more about your work. I can assure you. Even even at the Hollywood level, she'll be fine. Someone else will snatch her up. And she'll be in another movie in no time. Just because this pile of trash... In fact, this pile of trash movie coming out and flopping completely wouldn't make her a bona fide movie star. If anything, it would make her look like a box office bust. I think it's a better career thing for her with this movie not coming out because now maybe she can find another movie to be her first big box office movie. And actually have a big career from it. A busted movie coming out isn't going to propel her to stardom. Here's another one. Regardless of how you feel about the DCEU, the cancellation of Batgirl sucks. Leslie Grace was robbed of her moment. Everyone else involved, including Adele and... I don't even want to brutalize that name. Adele was involved? more proof that Warner Brothers has no plan. Well, maybe they should have made a better movie. Oh, not not that Adele. Maybe they should have... Or maybe you said the name wrong. If anything, they were robbed of an embarrassment that would have led to... Maybe they should have made a better movie. Maybe they should have made a better movie. Maybe you should feel embarrassment. You You don't even show your face on screen. I'm sorry. I can't do it anymore. Uh, Yellow Flash, I did not like you. You are you are not good commentary on pop culture. I don't think I'd be into any of your other fucking shit. No more woke. Not into it. What I am into is this cat story right here. We're gonna do a cat story. Local news hit. It's about a cat. This is your, this is your animal video. For the night, Lost Cat makes 40-mile journey alone. Alone to owner's new home. This is... We were worried that perhaps when Smokey left for eight days that he was was making his way back to Alabama. Like, maybe he just liked that apartment better and he really wanted to go back to Alabama. But apparently not. I've got got my Smokey over here. He's over here on the futon. Have for their owners, and one cat originally from Harrison County made his love uh, clear after taking a multi-county hike to find his family. Marley Benda tells us the trick of Oliver. Haley Kutcher and her family moved to Morgantown from Bridgeport on May 21st. As the moving trucks were being loaded, the family's cat, Oliver, who originally came from the Humane Society of Harrison County, accidentally got out and started playing with the family's dog in the front yard. 
That was the last time. Oh. However, the family didn't lose hope on finding him. We still had ownership of the house. We listed it vacant, so until it was under contract, we would continually go back and check up every week. Uh, my husband kept food out for the first week, would constantly go out and call for him, and uh, he was always pretty good about responding to being called. After the house sold in July... So was Smokey, but he got wild for some reason. Oliver had shown up, and they agreed to help them. We were still kind of hopeful that maybe he would turn up. Well, Oliver did turn up on Sunday, but not in Bridgeport. My husband looks over the railing in our neighbor's yard. There's little steps that kind of go up, and there's an orange cat sitting on it. He said, oh my God, that looks like Oliver. I run in the house, run to the basement, run out the back door, down into the grass. He sees me coming. He starts running to me. We're running to each other, like slow motion movie scene, you know? And he lets me scoop him right up. That means Oliver made the trek from Bridgeport to Morgantown, a span of nearly 40 miles. It was him. He was wearing the same flea collar. Little <laughs> oh, shit. Angle and that same angle cut was on that flea collar. Kutcher plans to take the cat to the vet on Thursday to get checked out and verify the microchip to confirm that it is Oliver. In the meantime, this happy... No, Smokey has not tried to escape. Matter of fact, he barely even leaves this room. He'll go out wandering around for a little bit and then just comes right back here. It's the weirdest thing. And then, like, it stormed today and he was under the bed. Do you want to see Smokey? He's over here. Oh, give us some Smokey. He's, I think he's been asleep this entire fucking time. We got a smoky bong. Hi, smoky bong. And he's also been like, he's been very cuddly with me. He's definitely slept with me in bed the entire time. I think he missed being here with me. Oh, let's hit your graphics, buddy. That's so cool. Well, Oliver did turn up on Sunday, but not look at him. My husband looks over the railing. Look at Oliver. Oliver's so cute. Steps that kind of go up, and there's an orange cat sitting on it. He said, "Oh my God, that looks like Oliver." I run in the house, run to the basement, run out. We used we used a trap to get Smokey. Running to each other like slow motion movie scene, you know? And he lets me scoop him right up. That means Oliver made the trek from Bridgeport to Morgantown, a span of nearly 40 miles. It was him. He was wearing the same flea collar I had put on him, and I remember cutting it at an angle, and that same angle cut was on that flea collar. Kutcher plans to take the cat to the vet on Thursday. If you are watching on the Twitch... I am sending you over to Squid. Squid is damn good people. Uh, tomorrow night would normally be the Friday Night Freak Show, but we're going to take a week off and we're going to regroup. It is going to be the one-year anniversary special of this iteration of the Friday Night Freak Show a week from tomorrow. I will have a very special, very special host with me that night 
I will see you guys Sunday night on the Troll Patrol. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you Sunday night on the Troll Patrol live.